doing around here? A new sound spectacular. Sean Salisbury. Former NFL quarterback, Sean Salisbury. USC Trump. friend, Sean Salisbury. Brian LaLima. Can't stop, addicted to the shindig. Chop, chop, it says I'm gonna win big. This is the all-new Sean Salisbury Show. Welcome into the Sean Salisbury Show here on Sports Talk 790, a Monday edition. Sean Salisbury, Brian Lalima, Ryan Money. The Astros stave off a sweep. They beat the Phillies last night. They take on the Giants tonight. 7-10 first pitch. 6 o'clock, the on-deck show starts right here on your home for Astros baseball. Sports Talk 790. We're going to recap the Houston Texans draft weekend. It was a pretty good one. Steph Curry sets a Game 7 record with 50 as the Warriors win in Game 7. I hate them so much. It was, all, was all over that game. Good to be back. Folks. Sean, welcome back. Good to be back. Uh, it was a quick trip. Um, but, hey, we got business done. Good conversation with you guys for a couple segments. Friday, good to be back. I was all tuned into that Sacramento you know, hoops game yesterday. as I was the other, Miami and the Knicks as well. But... It's a, I mean, neither team could make free throws. They sucked at the free throw line. Uh, Looney has had an, uh, you know, Steph's going to get credit for a 50-point game yesterday. Kevon Looney has got three, many, three games with over 20 rebounds. I was going to say, how many rebounds the did guy he have has last been, night? All and remember who they got rid of in a trade this year. Weissman, who they took as supposed wanted to be there big and dominate. And so they've traded it. But you look, Steph went haywire. Clay Thompson's first half was average at best. Came back, came alive in the third quarter, but... They Sacramento. You're talking about was within five or seven late in the in, after third quarter, and then they went on a friggin' bench and hammered Sacramento. And Golden State moves on. Steph was on fire yesterday, but Looney did a lot of the yeoman's work and really dirty the dirty work that you got to do and diving on the floor and getting offensive rebounds. And in truth. He might have been the MVP of the series. You, I know they're going. Steph's the guy. I get it. Not that there's an award for it in, in this round, but Looney on the glass was lights out. So that they're they're pretty good. But uh, Sacramento had a chance to close it out. It it looked to me like Golden State was first to the ball way more often than than Sacramento was yeah, yesterday. You, they 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 there was a little. I, I don't want to say effort. I don't trust you know. You know I'm not questioning effort at all, but there was a tad bit more want to or anticipation because they got to rebounds. They got to the ball on the floor. Telified season for Sacramento, but Golden State, there's a reason why they know how to win those type of games. And Curry was, you know, lights out. Nobody's ever scored, I don't think, 50 in a game seven. I think it's the only time. You so could you, uh, you could say that Kevon Looney was in tune. <laughs> <laughs> Brian has but, Rhino has Looney, no idea. Looney, Did Looney tunes? tunes, yeah, tunes, yeah. You know, you know the, the Bugs Bunny Road Run around or all that stuff. That's right. all Looney tunes. I like it. Yeah, yep. So I, I tried to take a page out of your book yet. Yep. Uh, little Daffy Duck, little uh, four in the morning. Yeah, yeah. But little Yosemite. What's, the first half. Yeah, what the whole then, time. And then I th- just got to the point where Kevon Looney was getting all the rebounds and Kings were only getting one shot at it. Warriors were getting two to three. Well, and they couldn't and they knock couldn't down free throws. Steph. And they couldn't yep. stop Steph. And, and, and also, you made the point about um, about effort and things like that. And obviously, they're professionals. But in the biggest game of their season, they did not show up. No. It looked like they did whoa, not want whoa. to be there at times. Well, the first half, they were there. 
First yeah, half was great. Tight game back and forth. Second half. You mean the Kings. Um, yeah. yeah. The, Kings were, the Kings were up after the first and second quarter, I believe, only by like a point. But, I mean, they played it tight first half. Second half came down to the fact that the same shots they were taking weren't falling, and they were getting no second-chance opportunities because of Looney. And then the Warriors were getting all the second-chance opportunities because of Looney, and then obviously no one could stop and, Curry. And in truth, they needed Looney and, and Steph Curry to do their thing yesterday because at the free-throw line, I mean, Steph missing, Clay Thompson, they were missing up and down. But then again, so was Sacramento. Neither team was shooting well from the free throw line, took care of their business. So when you get your biggest, your biggest and best player scoring 50, meaning biggest star, and then the other guy who you would have expected just to be, you know, just a guy in the series, there's always another guy. And that guy steps up to be, play like a star and Looney. Listen, man, three games in the series of over 20 rebounds, 20 or more, is a monster performance. He was relentless on the backboard. So they took care of it, and, you know, they're moving on. But a pretty good effort by Lakers take care of theirs over the, you know. So now Lakers are going to take on. on your Lakers. That's exactly right. Uh, you know. I wonder if, you know, the NBA could have scripted it any better. They love it. They, they absolutely love it. And then Miami rolls in and puts it on the Knicks and Madison Square Garden to open that series. We're, we're in for a hell of a postseason. And how about the Boston Bruins and the NHL yeah, getting beat? Man, um, up 3-1 to one at, up three one in the series at one point getting upset. Yep, and got upset, got beaten overtime in the Boston, you know, in Boston's arena. It was, I mean, you're talking about the best regular season, I think, points-wise ever. It was. Boston Bruins this yeah. year. And to go on and lose that in round one. The Panthers showed up. I'm going to tell you what, the next round was, I think it's Toronto. Toronto, and I think they they meet. Toronto's not playing either now. So we're we're in for a hell of a series. As we, I mean, you know, the next round, should I say, and Colorado gets beat. I was going to say, the series. upsets in the NHL and the NBA have been pretty epic. interesting. Yeah, epic. I mean, the Heat upset the Bucks. Bucks were number one team in the NBA. Panthers upset the Bruins, number one team in the NHL. Avalanche defending champs get upset by the Kraken. I, it's it's been crazy playoffs so far. I've been loving it. Yeah, this is a. I'm just telling you what's going on in Boston this morning, folks. Oh God, oh, dude, are, they cr- are they getting are they getting crushed? It's W E E I broadcast, right, Sean? Uh, you talking about the Boston the Bruins Bruin game? game? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so did you notice at the end of the game when they're out on center ice? Obviously, they're all upset. Half of them are trying not to cry, and some are crying. And Brad Marchand was crying. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to bust toss them, but yep. So they. It's okay. I mean, I understand the emotion. It's very upsetting. I get it. And so they're all at center ice and they're holding their sticks up because there are fans that are giving them a standing ovation. You know, on a good season obviously disappointing ending but then it sounded like half the fans were booing so they were getting like a half boo half standing ovation i mean did you hear that or oh yeah no it's, it's right i'm telling you and this morning it'll be worse those boos will be 90 percent dude and, and you know they're, they're crying because half of them are crying because they know the goons are waiting for them outside of oh, the yeah. locker room and they're gonna get their yeah. knees their kneecaps taken out there's no and they get and also cry because they know when you wake up tomorrow nobody's going to talk about what a great regular season you had yeah no all they're going to be talking about there is there as a matter of fact the the, the patriots draft back take a back seat red sox Winning backseat, it's going to be a Celtics. Hey, yeah, great, they're still alive. They got a chance to win the whole thing. But how could a team with the best record in regular season history, points wise, and all of a sudden come in here and get run by the four seed in that in that round, right in that region? And I, I cannot believe, and in that division, that they. And the fact that they were up in the series, yeah, up three, three to one. one. They, it, it's a. I'm just telling you, 
And they You're said right. the Panthers <laughs> barely made the playoffs. They, that's what they were like the final days yes. of the regular season. They squeaked yes. in. And so they're going to wake up this morning. He's like, oh, gosh. And it's going to be punishment, man. So, um, but we're in for a hell of a run in that, in those Stanley Cup playoffs. Obviously, the NBA's, if you, I mean, Going all the way back to March Madness, when I say all the way back, March Madness, there's a lot of that going on. I mean, a lot of teams, remember how your brackets were done in right. round two? Yeah. I mean, you said in here, there's no way you thought the Boston Bruins would be out. No. I think Not a, a lock, of... but like about as close as you can get to finding their way. Because in a seven-game series, you know what normally happens? The best team wins. Right. Normally. And it didn't happen in Boston. Although, in this series, they were the best team. But the, the Bruins dominated all year long. And... I think they probably got to a point at 3-1 where they thought, okay, who's next while Toronto waits? Bad idea. Yeah. And so it's going to be tough on them. And here, yeah, I was gonna say, you look finally at that, got back right. Yeah, you look at that city and what they've got going on with the Celtics. Obviously, the Bruins losing. Uh, Patriots just finishing their draft just like the Texans. Then you come back here. And like Ryan and I talked about on Friday before you joined us for a couple of segments, like the city should have so much optimism about their professional teams right now. Like, I, I don't understand how people can find ways to complain about what the Texans did in their draft. And I know we're going to diagnose it all show long. And then you see the Astros get back on track last night. And then obviously with the Rockets hiring Ime Udoka, they've got the 14% chance to get the number one pick. Uh, there's and they hired that, a good coach. Right. They hired the best, one of the best coaches in this that, that became available between him, Nick Nurse, Sam Cassell, a couple of the other guys. And then you look at uh, what they apparently there's rumored to be that they're going to go out and make a big splash in free agency. They've got 60 million in cap space. They've got draft picks, so forth and so on. The Texans just finished their draft. And yet I still saw over the weekend, people were questioning what the Texans did. It's just, it's crazy to me. Listen, let's, let's make this. I'm going to just tell this city one thing about their football team. I'm just going to make it real clear. And I love the fans here. Stop it. This team's not good enough. And you're, you're, they haven't been doing enough for long enough They've never dominated anybody over a continued amount of time for in the postseason. Stop the that this is New England. Okay, anyone been to ten Super Bowls? That draft was magical. It was for them. Since I've been here for ten years, other than the move to get Watson, it's been like, yeah, okay, great, great, great. You've been excited for some, but. It almost, I mean, you try to design it. happened the way, listen, you go get a high-priced wide receiver in the second round or trade up in the first. It was exactly the way we thought it would be with the trade. I mean, not exactly the way the national, I mean, it was the exact way they say, the long shot exact way. It's like, are they really going to pull this off before that happened? Quarterback and the best defensive player in the country. And so of the three players, arguably three of the best four players in America. And they got two of them. Right, three. I mean, literally, there's those the top, three, and they got two of them. The top three players, right? They got they they got two of them. They literally got two of right. them in and, the first round. And so, save the spoiled. I'm talking to anybody that is you're talking about on Twitter. Save the all wide. We do it. You don't know more than D'Amico Ryan's and Nick Casario. We may think we do, but we don't. I'm 100 percent all in. I don't give a rat's ass if they didn't draft anybody from the second round on. Those two picks in the first round made this draft an A. And then they went and got some depth, too, they which is good. Some, they got they got help some good players. Center. They got a playmaker. I mean, they went and got players. I'm just telling you. Say, it, it, what else are we, can the people on Twitter that are, that it wouldn't matter what they, if you don't go get Will Anderson or C.J. Stroud, they're mad. Screw your assets. Okay, they're fine and dandy and they're fun, but, well, we gave up too much. Probably. 
probably. But I'm going to tell you this. Will Anderson more than likely is going to be better than anybody they draft next year. If it's like the eighth pick or the seventh. And then, then if it's if he's not and he's the, the, the pick that they would have had ends up in, in Arizona and becomes a Hall of Famer, well, guess what? That's okay. You can have two of them. You're, you're, both can be a success. So this franchise has no, you want to go after the best players available. And when one's sitting there for you to go get and you have to give up an extra pick for it or so, it is a price to pay, bless you, Thank to you. go from 12 to 3. It, it just is. Yeah. But look who you got at three. Secured the quarterback. And then you get a great defensive player. I'm okay with it. It kind of, like I said, if, if you could have got away with not trading the, that high pick in the second round, that's fine. But they didn't. But look who you got. So I don't care about the – I mean, I care about it. But had we not had any more picks the rest of the draft after the first round, I said, hey, considering everything they've done this offseason and that, all for it. So I know we're going to hit it. Yeah. The, 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 the spoiled – no, you're not Kansas City here. You're just not. You're, you're Hell, you're not even the Miami Dolphins. We're not, we're, we're not the Buffalo Bills. We're not, we're, we're not those teams right now. But I'll tell you what, they're building it to be like it. So there should be no complaint. Yeah, but we gave up to – all right. Yeah, that's the whole thing. The whole thing that bothers me is, yeah, but. And, and look at all the receivers. Up to 12 picks. No, they went four in a row. Nobody thought that there was anybody worthy of the 12. So it's not like you – oh, my gosh, we left one on the table. You got two of the three or four best players in this draft – on your team, right? I'm all for it. Yeah, no, no, no problems here. Yep. And we're gonna we got uh, former NFL coach Mike March joining the show at 8:15. We've got Steve Sparks at 8:45. Got a lot to cover this morning on the Sean Salisbury Show. We look at the Astros game yesterday. They beat the Phillies. We'll take your calls all morning long. 713-212-5790. Rolling along here on Sports Talk 790. I'm Lance McCullers Jr. of New Jersey Astros. You're listening to Sean Salisbury on Sports Talk 790. For Lance McCullers, how about the performance? Your home for Houston Astros baseball. Take it easy. Take it easy. Don't let the sound of your own wheels drive you crazy. Welcome back to the Sean Salisbury Show here on Sports Talk 790. You can also listen to us on that free iHeartRadio app. Texans finished their draft weekend. We're going to take a look at all of their picks. We'll discuss the Will Anderson and C.J. Stroud acquisition in that first round. Picks number two and three, what they gave up. Was it worth it? Which we all kind of agree, yes, it was. And then the Astros... One last night, they stave off a sweep. They beat the Phillies. They take on the Giants tonight, 7-10 first pitch. 6 o'clock, the on-deck show starts right here on your home for Astros Baseball Sports Talk 790. You know what, real quick about that draft part? You asked me on Friday about what about um, Tennessee and what, what, you know, what, oh, Hayden yeah. Hooker yeah. and Will Levis. Right. And mainly Will Levis, when it started, said, well, the first two things that come to my mind are... We said, what about Detroit competing against golf to have a young guy for yeah. one of them, right? And then Tennessee, we're like, get, if Tannehill, right. and what do they do? They go get... They both got the quarterback. They, they, right. So they two of, the, two of the four or five teams that were like in, like, if they needed a backup for the future. And both of them did, which means Malik Willis is... Think about this, a third-round pick. You've already said he, he got no shot now. It's crazy. So maybe you can go get a fifth or sixth-round asset for him at some point. But... 
they've already said Will Levis is our backup and possibly our starter. I'm just saying by how they drafted him, right? right? Yeah. Right off the bat. And Hooker in the third round, I think that's a pretty damn good bargain for the Detroit Lions to secure themselves because they're going to score from the parking lot this right. year. So I know we'll get into that football, but it was just how it worked out. Neither They were on the table longer than we expected. But got off the table as quickly in second rounds two and three. Let's get to uh, Teddy real quick before we dig into the Astros. What's up, Teddy? Good morning. Good morning, Phil. How y'all doing? Good. Hey, man, I just want to say that, man, them Texans did great, man. And for all them haters out there, man, just don't even watch the Texans. We're going to be great this year, man. Can y'all give me a cap of a message for me? Can you give a Say it again. I said, can y'all give me a couple of messages for me? Mel Kiper, yeah. That, what, what do you want us? Yeah, yeah. yeah, what you got? Tim, stick that B up his ass. Thank <laughs> you, guys. Have a good day. Appreciate it, Teddy. <laughs> Mel's, a, Mel's a good dude. I, Teddy, good stuff. I thought they did oh. great, too. And I, he gave I, him a B? Yeah. I th- is that what he gave him? Uh, that's, yeah, yeah, I well, think the first that's what two, referring to. Yeah, I know. Uh, he was talking about the grade Mel gave him. Yeah, Post-grade, right? The, the, right? The first grade. of all, if you never know what the grade's going to be until we get out on the field now and do it. I know right. there's always, everybody does the next day, like, we'll do, ah, give him an A, give him a B. But in truth, now we got to see him in an NFL uniform. As far as what they did coming from college, you, you know what you did? You made A-pluses in two of your really, really core classes on your master's degree is what you did. Right. And then now we'll see how the, the group fits in when it got depth and need center. You know, like I said, playmakers, they, they did some other things in this draft that, that were pretty cool and made a lot of trades to do it. The way they moved around to do it uh, throughout and where they, you know, from Deshaun Watson to now, think about all the trades they've made. And in this trade, obviously, to get up and get Will Anderson, which is phenomenal. You're getting two good players. So, Teddy, it's a great point by you. Mel's a good guy. And you know what's true? You think about this as much as people get on Mel, because that's his job. Yeah. You know, he's, he does it year-round. Do you realize that Mel Kuyper, do you, do you know there's no draft on TV if Mel Kuyper doesn't start this? Yeah, without him. It's true. One was the first year, 83, yeah, right? He, yeah, like yeah. I'm going to tell you, Mel Kuyper has created an incredible niche in, in, for his career by coming up with the draft guides and the way he's done it. So good for him, but it's okay. It's also up for... 84 was the first one. Right, major debate over, you know, the major debate over whether you like his grades or not. That's what makes it really cool, but Teddy, that's funny. Good call. Take the B and Man, he, he started doing this draft when he was only 24 years old. Yeah. That's incredible. And the hair hasn't, and he got the same amount of hair on his head. Pretty jealous, man. Good for Mel. So I I love it, and I love Teddy. Mel does enough to make you, when he does it, like, okay, let let, let the arguments and the the banter ensue. So there you go. But back to this, the Arkady thing and and Abreu. I know we got a lot to get to. Finally, they prevented themselves from getting swept at home against a good baseball team, right? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they uh, came in and you saw... Wheeler was filthy on Saturday. He was, man. Gosh, man. Yeah, I mean, to hold the... From what we saw against, what, the uh, the Blue Jays, the Braves, and the Tampa Bay Rays, and then they turn around, come back home, and what the Phillies did to them in the first two games held them to two runs. It's like, damn. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, their pitching staff was dealing, man. Impressive. Yeah, and then uh, Jose Arquiti last night... Five and a third. Took himself out of the ball game. Said he felt some sh- uh, shoulder soreness. Pitching pretty well for the most part at, at up until that point. And then Hector Neris. He was and, solid yesterday. Yeah. Neris, Montero, Abreu, Presley. I mean, that's just a gauntlet of dudes that come yep. out of that bullpen, man. It's take, crazy to think about. Take care of their business, which was a, a cool watch. And, you know, back to this Abreu thing. 
And everybody we've been around swore, sworn by them, right? Yeah. Steve Sparks said power-wise, we'll talk to Steve again. But after what they saw in spring training, we've heard Dana Brown tell us, now he hit a home run so far that they believe the power is there. Has he homered yet? No, he has not. Exactly. Rhetorical, but the point is... 28 I'm not going to... I'm not going to... Listen, I, <clears throat> here's where I don't have a problem. If he hits 320, I don't have a problem with him not hitting home run. But if you're going to load a guy up in the middle of your order... He got no more power than Jake Myers does right now. He's hitting 235. That's, At one point, he was hitting three, almost 350. And see, there's the problem, the, the lies in this. Not only is he not hitting for high average, which he's, he usually is a pretty high average guy and at times really high average yeah. guy. He put it this way. He'll always hover closer to 300 than he will 230. Yeah. Now, on the other side of it, with that, you say, okay, in the middle lineup, RBI after RBI. He's getting some, but not enough. And... He is not delivering the prodigious power that I know he's lost the numbers since his MVP as far as power goes, but you sure as hell didn't think 30 games in or close to it that he's not going to be pushing the ball into the seats. Like I said, a guy that size usually falls into one, runs into one. Hadn't even run into one yet. Especially with Minute Maid Park Crawford boxes. Yeah, and he and you know, he hits the ball pretty good the other way at times as yeah. well. But I hate to say this, but twenty eight games, you know what he's got? He's warning track power guy. Right. It, it's crazy, but he is. Guy that big usually, like I said, stumbles into one, even if he, you know, or eight, right? He's having, he's having his struggles at the plate, and it's going to continue, and this is just going to light up the, should we put somebody else there now? I know you stick with the guy. Here's why he's not coming out of the lineup on a consistent basis. Big money contract. You're going to, and Dusty is fiercely loyal to guys that he starts with. And usually lets, well, not usually, Bregman last year, uh, Yuli last year, took them both a while, but played their way into, okay, better. Yuli late in the season, Bregman once around the middle of the season, he started to do Bregman things, right? He's not, Abreu's going to be the regular first baseman, folks. That's not changing. Yeah. But I can tell you this. For them to win a World Series, he can't hit four home runs this year. Unless, of course, five other. When Altuve gets back, he goes haywire. Jordan keeps doing his thing. Tucker homers. Bregman's power bat starts to, you know, get rolling. Pena as well. But the guy's hitting in the five hole for the most part or the six hole. He has got to produce more runs. And we were all sold on, okay, sometimes you overpay to get a guy. But I don't think they anticipated 28 games in that this guy wouldn't hit one out. Not that it would have made a difference, but we're not seeing any indication that the power's there. So when does it come back? I think the more concerning part— I'm not quitting on him, though. I'm just not going to do that. No, absolutely The average. But I think the more concerning part is like what you said, the the fact that he hasn't just run into one. Yes. Kind of flipped one over into the Crawford box. Yeah, on an inside pitch, he turns on it and just yanks a line drive into the seats or hits hits a high one that just carries. Yeah. We haven't seen that at they've all. Been, they've been in enough ballparks where you can where, where hitters can thrive, right? Over since they've started. And then I do think hitting him in the cleanup spot, cleanup spot over the last couple of games, like he needs to go down in the order. Yeah. Well, I think part of the reason is okay. Let's see if we can get him rolling, move him up a little bit. Let's see if that wakes him up. It may have to be the other way around. Right. I would say put him down in the seventh spot. Well, right now, that's exactly where he deserves to hit. And if sorry, if, if dude, he's lucky but, there. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, dude. You're not swinging it well. Go down. I'm not in the lifetime achievement business, brother. He's an MVP and he deserves a lot of respect. But there's also, if that means I got to move you down four slots or three slots, guess what I'm going to do? Move you down four slots or three slots until you get rolling. And then we'll pump you back in the middle lineup. But there's no doubt this has to have a mental effect on him because he's probably even saying, 
damn middle infielders at the second base don't hit home runs can run into one. I got to find a way to hit one out. Yeah. And what happens? You start squeezing the sawdust out of that damn thing. Right. And it appears to me his he, that's kind of what's going on right now because I'll settle again for no home runs and no power if he's run producing the middle lineup and getting on base at a high percentage and and putting the ball in play on a regular basis. He's hitting two thirties. Yeah, right, two thirds. Two thirty-five. I'm right not. Now. I'm not. Like I said, we're we're less than thirty games in. But when is the threshold? Says, come on, dude. It's time. We'll see. What is the latest on Jose Urquidy? He talked about his shoulder soreness after the game last night. We'll hear the audio and discuss next on Sports Talk 790. There's a lot happening, and he's got a lot to say about it. Sean Salisbury continues on 790. Chris Cross, if I'm not mistaken. Christopher Cross, am I right? I got yeah. to ride, ride like the wind. This song to was be in free again. Uh, Dickie Roberts. I think it was also in Arthur, uh, Arthur, Arthur, or Arthur with, um, what's my little guy's name? Dudley Moore? Dudley Moore. There yeah, Dud Moore. Dudley. You get, did you watch a movie last week? We gave you a bye week. Yeah, we? we had the bye week. Yeah, who do we got next week? What, what's what's our movie? Um, Ryan, what's the movie? If, if you're still doing Nobody, I mean, that's a short movie. Yeah, come the on. The movie's what? Nobody. Nobody. With that's Bob Odenkirk. Yes. What? Yes. That was, better the, call that was Saul. the assignment last week. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, and then and you're it to the draft. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody. Yeah, yeah. We'll get it. We get it. Don't worry. We got it rolling along. What about Joe Urquidy? Yeah, he talked about his injury last night. This is what he had to say. What you went through out there, how much pain you're in, that, that kind of thing. Uh, no, nothing big. Just I feel uh, a little bit pain by too much shoulder. And uh, I think that was the last pitch. I was trying to throw sinker there, and I feel something a uh, little bit weak in my, in my shoulder, and I decided to stop. So, Are you are you worried about it at all? No, no, not at all. No, no. Uh, have to rest now and let's see tomorrow how I feel. So nothing, uh, according to Arkady, nothing to be too concerned about. But uh, when you take yourself out of the game, it's maybe a little concerning. Anytime you leave a game prematurely, anytime you leave a game prematurely, there's got to be concern until you get the results of it. Because what's little could become big and what's big may not be as big as we think it is. So hopefully it's not that big a deal. That it's that it's minor soreness and he'll be okay. And he's going to have an MRI today. So and that was his best performance of the season, was it not? I mean, he, the way he was going, yeah. He's had uh, another one early was di- pretty good, right in the season. Yeah. But he was doing he did a good. I mean, keeping those bats down, good job by him. And they go take one and and uh, avoid the sweep. So that's a good thing. The Abreu lack of power is a problem. Got to get people healthy. Bullpen's really good. He uh, threw a two-hitter against the Pirates back in uh, First or second start, right? Second start. Six innings pitch, two hits, struck out two. And then last night he was rolling along pretty well, five and a third, three hits. Gave up two bombs, but for the most part he was... Pitching well. Yes. Pitching to contact, throwing a lot of strikes, and then... And staying in the game. Right. Took his previous out. start was what, two innings, three innings max? His previous start was two and two-thirds. There you go. Against the uh, Rays. There you go. So a good 
good turnaround. Hopefully, this is uh, this MRI doesn't show anything major, because then you got to start to think about well, who are they going to call up? Who's going to get the opportunity? JP France. Is it time for Forrest Whitley? Because what we've seen so far from Forrest Whitley has been good, but he's not really stretched out. Three to four innings down. You're in thinking about Whit Whit. Yeah, Whit Whit. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about Big Whit. I have no Big idea. Big Whit. But we knew, and we hear it all the time about how many starters you have to have mm-hmm. and over the course of a season. And it won't be the last time a guy, you know, a little sore or let's hope it's limited in all minor, but you got to have depth and you got to do it right. This team has it, but it's a good question of who comes next or, you know, if they need a guy or two, who's, who, yeah, where do it, they go to get it? What is it going to be Brandon Belak? Right. I mean, he's guys who've spent some time on a major league level already. So we'll see. Yeah. That's uh and depending on how, how long or out, obviously. Right. Too. Right. And then yeah. that's, that's the, the concerning part for me is you're already down Lance, Lance McCullers. You're not going with a six man rotation because of that. Hunter Brown's pitch perform or he has performed well, uh, his last couple of starts. And then you just got to look at if he's out, then what? Then you're going with Brady Belak, JP France. Does he get the call up? I mean, I mean, I know it's still early, but damn, like you don't want, you don't want, no, you don't want to keep rolling through this. No, it's early, but that's even, that's why it's even, I mean, it takes a while, but you don't want it to be one of those things that back and forth, you're scrambling around all year. Part of the reason last year they were so successful is their consistency <clears throat> health wise and, the way they played from start to finish when it came to pitching. And that will keep them in every single series this year if it's consistent. And then wherever the bats go, we'll go from there, right? But you can't, it's not the opposite. Where you play, you can hit well, and if your pitching sucks or stinks or you're injured all over the place, eventually you'll disappear. It's just just the way it works. But if you can pitch and sustain that consistency, I always believe that I can win with great pitching and average hitting – it's to me. It's the opposite in the NFL now. If you can, if you can score and score big, you got weapons. You can live with the middle of the road defense. On the other side of it, I can. If I'm pitching well from top to bottom and being dominant like they were from start to finish last year, you can go through your look. There was a lot of time last year. Their team was quite frankly miserable putting the ball in play at times. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, weren't they as a team at one point? But he's hitting 220 or something yeah. for a majority of the first half of the season. Yeah. We, right around there, I mean, 230. We, what, we saw, what we saw from the Astros last season, I don't think throughout the entirety of it. They all they were all they on the same were, page, right? Right. They were never on the same page, right. meaning and, all nine of them are all swinging it well. You right. see a couple even here, if a couple it's six there. six of them on a regular basis, right. right? Yeah. And so the pitching, you can do it. So you can get away with, I don't want to say lagging, because you still got to hit and score, because – but. If pitching staff is as dominant as theirs was last year, now that's hard to do two years in a row, but that'll keep you in every series. If you're hitting well and your pitching is still average or worse, the other team's going to the other team's going to be hanging seven, eight runs on you on a regular basis too. If you're not any good, so they're going to be fine. You just got to make sure these injuries aren't long lasting, and that the 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 hitters that are supposed to hit do. Right, and you talk about uh, the lineup. Well, Jose Abreu struggling still without a home run. Dana Brown yesterday on the broadcast talked about the struggles from Jose Abreu. What does the general manager think? We'll hear that audio and discuss next on Sports Talk 790. Sort of pro painters, sort of pro.com for a free estimate. It's springtime heading into the summer. What a beautiful day it was yesterday. Phenomenal. 
after the storms a couple days before. What a beautiful day. And you start to look at your grass and you start to look at your paint job. And, you know, you power wash things and you get going. It's like a spring cleaning, get rid of the clutter, right? And I'm sitting there going through this. I've already had interior, exterior painted, sort uh, of pro doing a, a phenomenal job. They did my, my to perfection, the rooms. But now there's two other rooms I want painted because there's been a furniture change and a beds and dresser and want to change. Guess who's doing it? Sort of pro for me. And then the outside, there's a few things that I want to change the trim, the paint trim. Guess who's going to do it? Serta Pro Painters. Got a chance to spend some time with Dale last week, my guy at Serta Pro Painters. And all they ever want to know is, everything going well, what can we do to help? And they'll do the same for you at Serta Pro. They are the official painting partner, Serta Pro Painters, of the Houston Astros. They get it. And I get it because I'm a customer. And when you're a customer, you can tell everybody just how good somebody is or bad. And I have nothing but... Unbelievable reviews for the people at Serta Pro Painters and what they've done for my home. They'll do the same for you. So spring and flowers planting and like that fresh haircut, how about a fresh paint job heading into the summer? You won't regret it. The best in the business, Serta Pro Painters. Serta with a C. Serta Pro Painters. Serta Pro, the power pro. Putting the logic in illogical. Former pro, Sean Salisbury continues to break it down on 790. in action tonight. They open up a series with the Giants. 7-10 first pitch. 6 o'clock, the on-deck show starts. Right here on your home for Astros Baseball. Sports Talk 790. We're going to go through the Texans draft recap. we got uh, former NFL coach Mike March joining the show at 8-15. Astros broadcaster Steve Sparks at 8-45. Big show today as we roll along here on a Monday morning. Dana Brown, Astros general manager. Talked about Jose Abreu and, and his struggles. This is what he had to say. Well, the one thing that gives me a little uh, light at the end of the tunnel is he, he's been a notorious for, for a slow start. Yeah. So we know that at some point he's going to break it out. And, and, you know, sometimes they say hits and home runs come in bunches. And we're looking for those bunches right now because we can use some, some more slug. But I think, you know, in, in terms of hitting-wise, I mean, he's still going the other way. Uh, he's missing a few pitches. Uh, but, you know, they're working relentlessly to get him on track. So I saw yesterday during the, the broadcast of Sunday Night Baseball where some of the writers and, and things on uh, Alex Cintron, the hitting coach, I think he had a a little quick little interview with Mark Berman of Fox 26 Sports before the game and they talked about Jose Abreu and what they're seeing is that it's mechanical from him. That there's something going on with his mechanics at the plate is why we're seeing the power numbers down. Yeah, well, what kind of mechanics are we talking about? Is it all upper body? Yeah, I mean, it's... Is it... Is it I mean, it's a, it's a, Did he say he's going the other way with it? Is that Dana's, Is that what Dana said? He's hitting the ball the other way, so we, that holds out hope? Is yes, that what he that's said? What the light right. at the end of the tunnel type thing. Right, so the question here is, where's the pop 
to the pull side, right? Yeah, that's the like where is the pop just in general? Right. I I think Dana Brown's really good at telling you the truth without trying to make it epically concerning, mm-hmm. right? You don't want to do that. Although if it's mechanical flaw, it's got to be a concern now. Can you go fix it, get in the batting cage and start hitting off a tee and working with your hitting instructor and get it going? I'm sure. And the Oh, maybe he wasn't saying the other way. He said because he's a notorious slow starter is what the key was. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's my, my dreams of wanting him to keep driving the ball the other one. Eventually, one of those, he's going to turn on one hit out of the ballpark, and then it'll be a rampage of three or four in a week, right? Yeah. So we'll see, but uh, sometimes that's all it takes. But it, it is concerning because... I don't know what his average, when the ball comes off his bat with the speeds, I guess we can find it, but it doesn't feel like we're having a lot of chatter about that. Does that make sense? Yeah, I can probably pull that up. Um, yeah, so if it's mechanical, then they're they're probably grinding on it. I can assure you this, he doesn't want to go through this, so it's not like he's trying, but people are going to berate it and be pissed until it gets fixed. And Yeah. Yeah, what is it? Man, his numbers are not good right now. Uh, let's well, he's, see. He's got a pop gun in his bat, not a cannon. That's the only problem right now. So his average right now this season, and I'm just looking at exit velocity. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. 86.9 miles an hour. That's, that's, that's pre-warning track power. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? So whatever the reason is, the ball is not jumping off his bat. Mm. So is it a lower is it a lower half explosion? You know where you're violent in the hitting zone, or is it? That would I mean is he flying out with the front shoulder? I don't know, but I can tell you this: it's got to improve if you're going to stay in the four or five hole. It just has to. You feel me, dog? Yeah, I'm feeling. God, I'm just looking at these numbers, and you look at his uh, MLB percentile rankings. His average exit velocity: he's in the twenty second percentile. I mean, hard hit percentage, like all these in-depth stats. I mean, they're just, it's all in the blue. Blue, yeah. or, it's all in either white or blue, except for one. His max exit velocity this season we've seen, and it's 111.7, and that is good for uh, up in the 84th percentile. And then, you know what? If that's the case on a regular basis, you can live with that. Yeah. Nobody's, nobody's you know, and, and, and I had a B-plus in school. Right, and, and, I, and I'm looking at his spray chart. And all the single, for the most part, the singles that he's had this season have either been to center, right center, or right. And then you look at his doubles, he's had one to dead center, one to left center, and then one to left. But so you see, you see when he gets extra base hits, he's actually pulling the baseball. Right. But for the most part, he goes up the middle or the opposite way. And it also feels like if exit velocity at times is that low, that you're trying to pull pitches away. Right. You know, because you don't get the same pop, right? Right. But when you're pushing the ball the other way like he is and getting hits, it tells you this, one of two things. Either when he's going good, the ball is going the other way. And you'll hear that a lot from people when you're struggling. Just hit the ball to right field. Um, and I know it sounds easier. I mean, it's easier said than done, and it is. But the other side of it is, is there a possibility that he's also... Those, those balls going the other way intentionally or are hands late getting to the hitting zone, yeah. which mean pop-ups and slow rollers and 80-plus miles per hour exit velocity. You get my point? Yeah. So if it's intentional that when he is hitting, he's hitting singles the other way and driving the ball the other way, that's great. But if, if exit velocity, even driving the ball the other way, if his average is under 90, we're thinking... Mm-hmm. That, that ball's not jumping off his bat even when he's pushing it the other way, correct? Yeah. He's got to have more. And I, I agree. It's early in the season. It's still, well, listen, Bregman's been through this every year, it feels like. 
the student where the ball's just not jumping for him or he's not the contact he wants. I actually saw Bregman swing at a horrible pitch and strike out yesterday, way outside the strike zone. It's so that normally that's not him, right? Yeah. And he'll get back to it because his eye is so good. So I think it's just the explode. Even if it's not the home run, if you came back and said, Sean, he's averaging 107 off the bat. Not one ten off the bat, even when he's hitting singles. Say, okay, at some point in time, maybe it's launch angle or what have you. But he's got to get rolling if this team, um, as we said, the stars are going to rear their head. He needs to be closer to his MVP season than is than recent, right? For this team to continue to do what we expect them to do, and that's be in position to win a World Series. And that, that, that's the only expectation for this team. And speaking of Bregman, his average is 219. You know, going into that game last night, he was sixth in walks in, yep. in major leagues. So not and he had two more last night. Right, and he would have I mean, he chased the strikeout yesterday. Was it yesterday or Saturday? Maybe it was Saturday. It was Saturday. Gosh, these days run together. But he chased the pitch way out of the strike zone. Um, I think it was Saturday. Uh, Chase Spitz out of the strike zone on either, either one of those sweeper sliders. You know, the sweeper, everybody's calling it now. Yeah, it's the sweeper. It stays on the same plane. Yeah. Instead, of, instead it has a little north and south movement. Mm-hmm. Or Usually it's that urgent quick break on the slider or a little or not as elongated the, as the, the big lo- sweeper. Longitudinal, you know longitudinal uh, 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 plane. Yeah, plane. There right. That's exactly what I'm looking it for. It stays on the same plane. Right. But for a longer period of time. Right. right? Is... Think about back in high school. I know in my a slider or a curveball for some, you had the drop ball, Dude. which they called it was twelve to six. Twelve to six, and yeah. Then, but really, the old bender. You were throwing those Charlie. type of right at the left shoulder and trying to right. drop it off the table to the right. to a right hander. But sweet people were throwing sweepers more often than they were not. Yeah. In my high school, back when I played, and now it's become that's the word this year so far. Broadcast, oh, big sweeper. Dude. It's like they started it around like four feet behind the guy's back, and it's a nine foot break on a horizontal right. plane. Yeah. Speaking of the broadcast, did you watch? Did y'all watch the game last night on ESPN? Yeah, yeah. Dude, I can't stand their national broadcast Sunday night baseball. broadcast sucks, sucks, dude. It's terrible. And I like Carl Ravitch and David Cohn, but the, but the dude, trifecta combination. And then you get Dork Buster Olney. And I'm not trying to be a hater, dude, but they suck. Well, man. I mean, let's look at it the objectively. Present, the like, presentation is terrible. They got like 19 in-game interviews with 18 different players and coaches and managers. Yeah, dude. I don't get national broadcaster NFL and NBA to me are phenomenal. You got a couple that here and there that aren't the greatest. Yeah, but Van Gundy, that group is phenomenal. They're, they're great. They're Mike, one Green, Mike Breen, Mark Listen, Jackson, and Stan. All of them. And not then Stan, I love Jeff. Terrible. It's yeah, bad, I love listening. Dude. If you watch the the Heat Knicks game, what's her name? Um, Doris, Doris, Burke. Doris Burke. She's phenomenal. Let me tell you She's something. Great. Let, let me tell you something now. Yeah. Doris Burke can make any play by play guy oh, yeah. sound good. Oh, absolutely. She is. As a matter of fact, you can go through NBA in game and analysts. She's top five to me. No, top no five question. or six. I think she, she has fantastic nothing to do with politically correct. Doris Burke is prepared. Yep. She knows hoops. She's not an over talker. She's not a, she she can criticize but also be complimentary without kissing ass or you're like you got it in for somebody. Yeah. She is fantastic. Yeah. And she's an easy listen. So there's some good ones, but the teams, the, the, that one, and, and you know, football with Aikman and Buck, they do a yeah. great job. And you know, these are a lot of my friends right. that I worked with for a dozen years. But the combination of those three together, they're not good together. Ravitch is a great broadcaster. Cone's got some insight, and they do. do. And Perez is, but it's the mix you're talking about, the the flow. And I'm just telling you, of all the, the people they have access to, 
how are we forget that they, it's the Astros just how is it at times unlistenable it is unlistenable they suck it's just in, in, in the yeah. presentation like it just it's not good listen when they were at their best recent over the last years our guy in in uh, Toronto's play by play guy Dan oh, Shulman Dan Shulman is one of the best phenomenal how he's You're not doing phenomenal Sunday night baseball phenomenal and sometimes three is too many right unless it's the proper three three in the booth and then Buster Olney yeah, out on the sidelines it's, it's, like, it's, it's, it's a Wes Waldo cluster yeah. uh, give me the hardcore hitting and it's not a rod no. give me somebody else who's a, who's entertaining but knows baseball and then you'll you'll get it. It's just a tough mix. But I can tell you oh. this: I know we got to go to break. Yeah. It is. It there's got to be more to choose from. Yeah, and we I love and I love. Listen, Ravi's one of my. I love him. Right. But the mix, and I know how it's just. It's just there's something missing from it. And I know it's a hard job, but you're ESPN. You got a lot to choose right. from. You've got to be better at that. Yeah, and we are a long way away from what it used to be when John Miller and, and uh, Joe Morgan had. Well, the it's Sunday never night been call. better. It hasn't exactly. Well, I'll tell you what, and, show, and when when Schilling was giving you some good hardcore analysis, people because his politics, whatever, which is stupid. Right. I want to talk baseball, but yeah, when Joe and and John were doing it, a little slide piece from Joe and John Miller, San Francisco Giants, yeah. longtime voice, just phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. We need that back. Yep. We'll uh, we continue to talk about the Astros next on Sports Talk Seven Ninety. Here. A new Sean Salisbury. Show. Seven oh three here in Houston, Texas. You're listening to the Sean Salisbury Show on Sports Talk Seven. And you can also listen to us on that free iHeartRadio app. Sean Salisbury, Brian Lima, Ryan Money, Astros and Giants open up a series tonight at Minute Maid Park. 710 first pitch on deck show starts at six o'clock right here in your home for Astros baseball sports talk 790. And uh, fellas, I know we love listening to our Astros and Rockets on AM radio. And I know if you, you haven't heard, they're trying to talk, take AM radio out of new cars and trucks. So if you like catching the Astros or Rockets on your AM dial, tell Congress to keep AM radio in your car. Text AM to 52886. Again, text the letters AM to 52886. Standard message and data rates apply. Let's keep AM radio in brand new cars and trucks so you can listen to your Astros and Rockets. Because uh, we love our Astros in Houston. We do. I mean, we do. And usually we love them all across the Lone Star State. That's what I heard. Giants come to town. They do. Gabe Kapler would kick your ass dude, in a fight. Gabe Kapler is, is a handsome dude, man. What? Yeah, he's a good-looking guy. So that's, we're talking about baseball kicking yeah. ass, and you're like swinging off Gabe Kapler's Nizutskis. Well, you were, Nizutskis, good word. Nice. I like that one, yeah. Well, you were going the route of he could kick my ass. You so jumped I, in with I, he's I hot. Jumped, I jumped in with more optimism. You jumped like, in with yeah, he's hot. Dude, yeah. He's hot. He, good so if he's he, hot, he you'll, just, well you'll just let him kick your ass. Apparently the kids say he's got good riz. Yeah. Yeah. Gabriel Kapler. <laughs> I like him because he's former Red Sox. Of course you do. And right? you want to talk about swinging off Nizzets. Yeah, but why are you checking him out? Hey, you know what? You could have been with a guy's handsome. Yeah, why not? Gabriel Kapler. Yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable. Do you call him Gabriel Kapler or Gabe? Gabe. Brian calls him GK because they're tight. San Francisco's sneaky power, though, dude. They can always. They're. I think aren't they in the top five again in six and home runs already? I think they're mid. 
They're not mid. I think so. Great unis when they're going good. I love their old school Let's uniforms. See. Let's look at the old. Here's it tonight. Uh, what's tonight with the Monday? What's what's that called again? Manic Monday? No, the, the uniforms you wear. What is it called? Oh, Space City Connect. Space City Connect. City Connect. City Space Connect, City. yeah. Is it capital C with the number O? Or is it a letter? Oh, you mean like the O, yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, Brido. <laughs> <C-O- laughs> I, I thought it was capital C. And then with the, the letter, no, the, the number, number. Uh, z- the number zero, zero N N E C. That's I, I think that's something else. Oh my! <laughs> I think that might be the yeah. Way. Yeah. So you think Gabe Kapler comes in and sweeps the Astros? Is that what I heard you say? No, 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 no. Like, you no. said it during the break. No, no, no. You during said the break, you no. said, Sean, we're doing our relevant broadcast, in-game broadcast tonight. We are, 7 o'clock. As, as like an alternate broadcast for us. Right. We can't do play-by-play. We're not doing that. We're going to invite you in on relevant. But Correct. I, I digress. Right. Even though it's not a digress, it's well, awesome. You said sweeper is, what, is where you're getting confused. No, but remember during a break when no. Brian walked in, you said, you know what? The only thing I care about in this series is how hot Gabe Kapler is. But no. I'm, I'm, I think just because it's so hot, they're going to sweep the Astros. Remember when you said that? I don't. I don't. Like, I, don't I just found it off-putting. Didn't you think? Well, he's like, yeah. not really my type. Yeah, and, uh, I, I don't understand why you'd say that when we're talking baseball. But you've already said that, well, they're whipping the Astros' ass because Kapler's hot. The Giants are sure number three in home runs right now. They're, what, listen. Tampa Bay uh, Rays one, Dodgers two, Giants three. I don't know much, <clears throat> but I know I love you. It re- really, so, I, I do. then... If you do, why are you? Throw, why am I misleading? You are you are, li- you are literally fake news right now. That really was what it. Yeah, did I love well, you or that you and definitely in shape? This Kapler fellow, he yeah. is. He's so got good pipes. So where you mean he has no hair? Is what you're saying? Is he bald? He's no. Yeah. He's got good. Oh no, what? he's, he's a no good facial hair. Yeah, uh, good facial. Right. Kapler is a. He's got hair like uh, Jason Statham, I believe. Mm. Mm. But. You really didn't say that they're coming in to sweep him. You didn't no. think Kapler was hot, though. So he's probably waking up this morning to coffee thinking, what in the hell's going on in 790? This guy thinks I'm hot. Good so pipes, though, dude. Yeah, dude, check it out. He's kind of jacked, man. Yeah, look at your drink with him. <laughs> I wonder what Cologne wears. I uh, probably not a Ventus uh, no. Creed like I do because you, you, that's too much smell good for Gabe. Of course, of course. Is this it's too much? Gabe, my what, well, dude? What, just, what, dude? Don't I just, get horny. Just, just What's Googled, wrong with you? I just you? googled him and and uh, and uh, dude, it's not a yoga video. Bro, okay, this dude is yeeked up. Dude, listen to oh him. Oh my god! I know who Gabriel is. I know, but look at that man. Yeah, he got a little more hair than uh, Statham. Yeah, he's got a little bit. Yeah, dude, why don't you frame that? Okay, what happened to you, man? Honestly, what <laughs> happened? This to you? Dude, he's a manager. Like, bro, do you eat a go eat a burger? He's not kicking. Dusty's still whooping his ass. Oh, I agree. You know what I'm saying, I agree. I love those Giants uniforms, though. Old school, you know the the wool gray and black trim hey, back in the day. Ryan, yeah. Google Gabe Kapler. No, Speedo. don't Google. What happened to you guys? Ooh, Check him out, dude. It says dude. restricted. Yeah, I might get flagged. I don't want to get off my the job company here. computer. Oh yeah, okay? yeah, sorry, sorry. Gabe get on my Kapler phone. porn. What's wrong with you guys? What happened? Here we are trying this to talk about a guy chiseled. going awful. What about it? I don't want to look at it. I hope he gets his chiseled ass kicked tonight. Three in a row. He will. Okay. All right, all right. They Gosh, will. Now look at me. Now I've now gone into my violent mode. I'm, let's go, Strohs. Three. So hey, let's uh, go, broskies. Tim, uh, Tim Reddle says Gabe Kapler loved him in, quote, Welcome Back, Cotter. Yeah. <laughs> you ever seen Welcome Back, Cotter? No. Oh, great show. Y'all, y'all should Travolta. Know That's what a tri- Travolta started. Johnny? Yeah. Mr. Cotter. Oh, yeah. Cotter. Great show. Welcome. Hey, give me the theme song, Rhino, real quick. Pull it up. Can't do it. Oh, yeah, you can. 
Pull it up. What's it called? Welcome, Welcome back, back, Cotter. Welcome back, Cotter theme song. And then kick it in for Gabe Kapler. Look at there. There's Johnny Johnny Travolta right there. Yeah. Welcome back, Cotter. Great. Epstein, Cotter, that group. Uh, Arnold Horshack. How do I remember this? I have no clue. No one knows. Great cut. This will get you in your feels. Hey, did you... So he played the Welcome Back Cotter. You know, I'm a little disappointed that you guys don't know the same theme song. You don't and you don't know anything about Arnold Horshack, Epstein, Cotter. Who is Ep- like he's on the show. Epstein, what are you no, Epstein? no, not that guy. Okay, well let's This let's, was long uh, before that psycho decided to enter yeah, the, the picture. Right. Ooh, the thought they lead ya. Do you think Gabe Kapler knows that today is tomorrow and tomorrow is tomorrow? Yeah, and he knows it today. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like what Kamala said. Yeah, Kamala. Today Kam- is today, <laughs> and yesterday was today. Yesterday, <laughs> tomorrow will be today. Tomorrow, <laughs> there's no. So way. live today. So the future today will be as the past today, as it is tomorrow. There's no way. There's no way that's real. <laughs> that can't be real. Apparently it is. That's that got to be AI generated. That can't be real. I tried asking around. She I sounds like she had three real, she, she had three shots of, of, of some kind of uh, whiskey. whiskey. Yeah. yeah, dude. Hey, can I get some uh, JMO, three shots of it, before I go give a speech about today being tomorrow? And if you know anything about tomorrow just, and yesterday, it'll equal today tomorrow. Just listen and to today. the first, like, five seconds. I can't. Play it again. This can't be real. Today is today. Today is today. And yesterday was today, yesterday. <laughs> yesterday was today, yesterday. That's what today is today. We're hoping that's how confused the Giants are. Tomorrow is tomorrow. Yeah, if the today. Giants think today. we're playing us today, yesterday, we have a chance of beating them today oh, and tomorrow's gosh. today. So. She's the gift that keeps but on But I'll giving. tell you what, what I love about her. Today is she doesn't. She doesn't live in the future. It's either today or yesterday. Today I mean, it's right here. Look, today is tomorrow is today is Monday. Between that and Joe Biden licking the world, yeah. let's go. Yeah. Let's go. So, and you guys, did you see and Dark you over Brandon? here like being, being like, did, did you <laughs> bricked up over Gabe Kapler? Kapler? You seen the abs on that yeah, guy? Yeah, dude, dude, come on. I've known, see, you didn't even know Gabriel when he was a Red Sox. No, who cares? Well, why do you care now then? You didn't realize he was hot then? Oh, he's a manager. Yeah. Yeah, you like older men. Let's go. Let's get it done. Let's get it done. I hope they lick the world. Yeah. Yeah. So go Strohs. Today is tomorrow and today is... Just get back yeah. at uh, Garcia coming off two really good starts in a row. Indeed. And yep. Well, oh, great. See, now, now here we go. He's so likable. Uh, at Junior Munoz HTX. Uh, Uh-oh. I don't know. There's a couple dudes in, in Speedos. He just tweeted us. Do, uh, no, it should of, be you. You're the one. Just stop it. You want me in a Speedo? No, you two. Oh. You guys are checking out Gabriel. It really started I'm with not. you. Yeah, you really started with you, Brian, and your crush on Gabe Kapler. Yeah, dude. What? What's wrong? Nothing. Oh, okay. Just saying, man. We do a Who Pulls, who pulls More segment. Who Pulls More? Gabe Kapler or Lou Gehrig in his prime? What? Derek was a handsome guy. Oh, dude. didn't he like used to no. pull? Huh? He used to pull a lot, I don't lot, know. Right? He was a, a gentleman's gentleman. We'll yeah. leave him. You know what? He's above who pulls game. Consider Lou Gehrig. Lou Gehrig? Yeah. yeah. Let's see. Who pulls more? Bruce Bochy or Gabe Kapler? Come on, dude. Have you seen Bochy's head? <laughs> it's like a 9.48. <laughs> one on okay. his shoulders. It's a 9.38. 9 and 3 eighths. 
Dude, he's got a four slice. I to, to kid him about it too. Boach is one of those guys that comes walking in a room, and four days later, the rest of his body yeah. comes in heads first. Boach, listen, Boach is the guy that you, if you get him a fitted helmet, I mean, a, a what is that, the trucker's hat? Yeah. You got to put extra tape and an extension on it. You can't yeah. fit it on that big old slab uh, of his. I Mon- love four slice toaster heads, what I call it. Monica I love says him. it's always F the Giants' butt. And then there's a couple of pictures of Gabe Kapler and some random dude with a tattoo on his hand. All handsome men. Is that, is that not Gabe Kapler and all of them? Wait, is it? Okay. Does he have a Does he have a tattoo on his hand? Well, you know, know I really him? I don't know why she'd send photos of other. I don't know if that's. Guys. He looks like a. He looks like a movie star. In that I never one. thought about Gabe Kapler being hot. Now that you've brought it up, now we got to roll it. Okay, who's pulls more, Mike Matheny Ooh. or Gabe Kapler? Mike Matheny. I don't know how's he look. Oh. Let's go to break. Listen, <laughs> I got two guys yeah. here. <laughs> That we're trying to break down Abreu's lack of power, and all you've done now is drool mm-hmm. over Gabe. I didn't realize Kepler was good. So now He's that you brought it, dude. you feel pretty good about You'll it. You'll see him on the broadcast tonight. They're on FS1. I guarantee you they'll show him like 19,000 uh, times. Yeah. Today is tomorrow. Tomorrow. Right. Tomorrow. We got the steak hey. out. <laughs> we got the steak out. Next on Sports Talk 790. The hottest takes in Houston sports. So tied to this team. The Sean Salisbury Show continues on Sports Talk 790. All right, Sean, what are you hearing out there? Now, the Salisbury Stakeout. Salisbury Stakeout on the Sean Salisbury Show. It's time for the Stakeout here on the show. Hey, you missed it, Sean. We went to the... uh, Lalima Lounge on Friday. It's a good spot. Got good gars. Good stuff. Good whiskey. Yeah. Nice. It's really hard to drink whiskey at seven. I know neither one of you two drink whiskey, so. I actually do, but thank you. Scared as. Never assume. Scalded dog. Scared as a scalded dog to drink whiskey. Mm. A little gin. I've seen you two. You guys run. You guys run from it. We run from the big dogs. What's that song? Run from? Isn't there a country song about run? I will run from you. Uh, That's a flock of seagulls. Yeah, I run. I run so far away. Run from you. Is that a Carrie Underwood? Oh, I run to run to you. That's by Lady A. Yeah, there you go. So I run from you. Run to you, Lady Antebellum. Yeah. Lady A. Whoa, careful now. <clears throat> yeah, dude. Whoa. Not allowed to say that name? Apparently not anymore. They, that's, why that's, why they they, yeah, that's why they changed it. Oh, I'm not them. <laughs> right. Okay, I'm not yeah. them. What? I, okay, Lady A. No, you can call it Lady <laughs> Lady Antebellum. Antebellum. Yeah, it's <laughs> fine. Like, like they used to be. <laughs> well, yeah, Sean, yeah. I tell you what. Just like the Dixie Chicks are still I don't know what you're better at. Yeah. What's what, that? What's that? Yeah. I don't know what you're better at, Sean. Answer my stakeout questions or talking out of your ass. What part? What part did I talk we out of my ass? Talking about you, just to talking about what I do and don't drink and what I'm scared of. You don't know. Uh, when have I ever backed away from anything? You never have. Exactly. But you're, you're, well, I'll tell you when you backed away. Was uh, it? Uh, oh, here we go. Was that uh, yeah. before we went to the basketball game? Oh yeah. When we were at breakfast at the Rustic, you wanted no part of anything. You, all you wanted was a Mimsy. That's all you had. Oh yeah. Am I right? Yeah. No, I had more than that. Oh, you we did? know. Did you have whiskey I shot? Had a salad. Yeah, we, yes. I thought we did have a whiskey. Did shot. you? Did, did you? Did you join in? Of course oh, you did, and then it hit you. He did that's what put him on yeah, his ass? That's right. No, uh, I was on my feet. Yeah, you were on your feet. So I, you know, a lot of my maybe a lot of my throwing your stones at you is probably a little hyperbolic. Yeah, I think you just. That's okay. Uh, it's just to get you fired up. Yeah, gotta get him fired up. Yep, talking yeah. out my ass is a good thing. Yeah. So yeah. what? What you got know, for the stakeout? Well, for the stakeout. 
You know, Sean, on this show, we covered just about every scenario the Texans could execute during the draft. I mean, just every which way, every scenario you had us play GM. So now that we finally saw it play out, how surprised were you they did what they did? And were they the most aggressive of this draft? If not, who? I wasn't surprised because that's exactly how we drew it up. Not really, but it was close. 12 to 3 was the big one. We had discussed all along that that was the bigger pick because had more intrigue to it. Number two should have been a quarterback all along, and it was, right? Should have been. So it goes right back to the second we walked off the field in December, January from bowl games and all that. It was either Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud as the first pick of the draft, and the other one was going second. And here we are. That's the way it was going to be. Well, obviously, after the Bears trade. So we knew when Carolina got there, it was a no-brainer. And it, uh, with all the chatter, it still stuck out that way. And then the best defensive player went off third. I think that they were aggressive. And I think to go as far as they did to get back up, I would put them with aggressive. I'll tell you who else was aggressive. Philadelphia. They went out and got Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith, right, in the first round. Two more Georgia Bulldogs. And then I believe they traded with the Lions for DeAndre Swift, a running did. back, after they've already had running backs. <laughs> Which we thought, I with which we thought once they lost out to Atlanta on Bijan Robinson, right? I'm not sure exactly when the trade went down with DeAndre Swift or they've been talking about it, but when Bijan was gone and you're not getting Derrick Henry, well, guess what you do? Not that they were in. I mean, that not they were going to get Derrick Henry. Then they went and got another one that they think's a home run hitter in Detroit. Uh, you know, made that trade. So I would say Philadelphia was aggressive. I loved what see. I mean, I don't know about aggressive, but I like what Seattle did in this draft. But you have to talk about just pure aggressiveness. Consider where they are, where they need to get to, and what they need to get there. Jumping from 12 to 3 to give that up with these assets was about as aggressive as you'll get. And I thought they hit, it's, it's an A all the way for me. Mel's got them as a B. Those two picks alone cover up for anything else. And I think they did a nice job with the rest of their draft. Uh, and you throw the offs. I always throw the offseason into, even though it's not the draft, about the, the big picture. I think they had a really, really the best offseason they've had since I've, I mean, overall, since I've been here. And aside from the Watson draft, this is the most clean and best draft they've had with two guys who should make an instant impact on their team. I love it. But if you're grading it, I love what Philly did. I love what Seattle did. And I I definitely loved what uh, the Houston Texans did with their draft, among others. But those guys stick out. Yeah, and when you look at, uh, I'm looking at USA Today Sports, they've got the top two teams that did the best in the NFL draft, the Philadelphia Eagles with an A+, and the Seattle Seahawks with an A. I didn't see either one. Who's that? Who judged that? This was Nate Davis of USA Today Sports. So there you go. They stuck out, and to get, well, you get four starters for both teams. Four of those, four starters. Between Seattle and, and, well, in truth, if you include the Texans, mm-hmm. you got six guys that are going to start for you. Texans got Two, an four, and six, yeah. And this they one? They should have. Yep. Yeah, and then you look at, uh, they've also got the Steelers here in an A. So, see, they... Um, Steelers don't miss much, man. They just don't. They're always good. Yeah, they got uh, Joey Porter Jr., where his dad used to play. What a what an unbelievable get. You go, you pass up Joey Porter in the first round, as did everybody, right? Mm-hmm. And then you pump out and you say, well, we'd love to have him. And you go get a long corner who by many thought was going to be gone by the teens in the first round. You get him later on and you still add him to a team where his pops played. I played against his dad. That is a phenomenal get. So it doesn't surprise me that Pittsburgh stayed the course. That's when good GM and coaching and scouting comes into play that you think, well, we can wait. I imagine they're surprised that they got him, 
but they did. And corners in this draft will make an impact next year. They should. They're going to get a chance to in the NFL. A bunch of rookies are going to get a chance to impact them right off. Didn't Christian Gonzalez go to New England? He got a chance. Weatherspoon. I mean, there's been there were some good players taken at that position. And uh, but when you're giving out A's, there's probably four of them. Three of them we've named. Yeah. Uh, New England did get Christian Gonzalez. There you go. Yeah, they got a B minus in this draft. Uh, Keon White, three linemen to bolster protection for Mac Jones, uh, just with the Patriots. So not a bad draft for for New England. Obviously, uh, we're going to continue to talk about the Houston Texans. We look at that trade up to get Will Anderson and what they had to give up next on Sports Talk 790. Back to the Sean Salisbury Show on Sports Talk 790. I'm a dollar fan, Houston Sports. Your Astros, your Rockets, your voice. You can't spell on me, spell on me. You hit me like the sky fell on me, fell Astros on me. open up a series tonight against the Giants. 7-10 first pitch. On Deck Show starts at 6 o'clock right here in your home for Astros Baseball, Sports Talk 790. We got former NFL head coach Mike March joining the show at 815. We got Steve Sparks at 845. Talk about the Houston Texans and their draft. They traded up from number 12 to number 3 to get Will Anderson Jr. They had to give up their number 33 pick, a 2024 first round, and a 2024 third round. Find me somebody who disagrees with this. Uh, I got to see it. Oh, I can, I can show I got to hear it. Oh, there's plenty of them. Oh, yeah. There's some. Do we gotta, had multiple callers on Friday. We had several people on Twitter. Yeah, there's a, uh, uh, some, yeah, there's media people in this city that are, that were upset about it. Name one. I'm not, uh, I'm not. Oh, you don't want to put their name on? No, Did they post I, it on I, Twitter? I would, oh, yeah. They post it on Twitter. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, what's not to like? What they're saying, what's not to like? Just give me an overview of some of the people. You don't have to call their name out. Obviously, we don't ever call people's name out like that. But I'd like to know what what their overall thought is. What's the basis of their argument? Gave up too much to get Will Anderson? Yeah. Hmm. So so we think that the best defensive player in the draft, you're giving up too much by moving nine spots to get him after all your study and doing it. Instead of settling at that point in time, maybe for the third or fourth best defensive player, and you traded up to get the best. What, what, what is that the complaint? What is it? Uh, it was one that I did see is because it's their pick in 2024 rather than the Browns pick. You also got rid of your 33rd pick, and you went to go get uh, C.J. Stroud and Will. An- or I'm sorry, Will Anderson. Obviously, you got Will Anderson. Um, yeah, I, I, that's. Oh, so we want to save picks instead of get good players? Yeah, that's what I said on Friday. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to hound all these picks and do what? Well, guess what you'd want to do next year? If you drafted C.J. Stroud second, guess what you're going to want to do next year with the first-round pick? If, let's say, you finish with the fifth pick. Guess who you're going to want to go get? A guy like Will Anderson. Yeah, I was going to say, a a defensive playmaker. Right, and you got one. Right. All right, so we answered that. Then what? Well, maybe a receiver next year. Okay. Well, how many of those receivers went in the first 10 this year? Yeah. None. So you got arguably the first or second best player at his position in this draft, quarterback. And then you got 
I guess you could argue a little, but not much. You got the best outside linebacker slash edge rusher slash all around defensive player in the draft. And and you want to tell me that you'd rather wait? So okay, so what were you going to do next year? So here, yeah. So, so here's you, you wanted to, you wanted to go get Will Anderson. So here's here's some of the a guy like him. Here's some of the uh, I won't even say logic, but here's some of the things that I did see over the weekend and last and Friday. I'll preface this before you say it, Mike. Yeah. I'm okay with everybody's opinion. Right. I have no problem with the opinion, but there's got to be some logic to. Well, we, we gave up too much. Okay, so you're going to get him next. If you drafted Stroud this year, guess what you're not doing next? You're drafting a quarterback. So you've got the other side of the ball handled. So yeah. let me hear this. Uh, Lucas Van Ness, second best available pick and a top 10 pick next year. Rather than having Will Anderson. Rather than trading up for Will Anderson. Well, it's a weak division we sure they're not going to be picking 11th or 9th? Yeah. So ninth pick next year will be more valuable than the third pick this year? Okay. And then Once, some of the other complaints I heard is people didn't want us to take Scroud. They wanted us to draft basically everything else and then just get a quarterback in next year's class. And the argument oh, so that's, that, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, the argument that Brian and I made is, well, you'd have no clue where you're going to be picking next year. How much are you going to have to give up to get next year's quarterback? Because let's say you want Caleb Williams. How much are you going to have to give up to get him? And, and who, and there's no guarantee that the team picking first it, wants to give it up. Exactly. Maybe they want to draft Caleb Williams. I, I assure you the team that picks first next year. Is drafting him. Wants Caleb Williams. Yeah. And they're not trading out of that no matter if you offer him five first-round picks. Exactly. Right. And, well, what about the other quarterbacks? What about him? I can remember going into Sam Howell's last year at North Carolina. The year before. Well, going in, go back and read who the top picks were going into that draft. The What's my guy from uh, Spencer Rattler and Sam Howell? were argued in the offseason before their year, the year that Spencer Rattler transferred, you know, after that season when he got beat out by that Caleb Williams. Going into that season, he and Sam Howell were bantered about to be the first pick of the draft. Neither one of them, neither one of them were the first pick of the draft. Sam Howell was a, what, fourth or so round draft pick, and Spencer Rattler went back to school and ended up transferring to South Carolina. Hell, I don't even know. He went back another year, too. He's even yeah, back, he's another, back year. another year. Right. So, point is, is that things change. So, what, what are you waiting on, hopefully, to get Caleb Williams? Yeah. No. He, he, no, you're not getting him. You're not going to, unless you, I, I can't see them being the worst team in the league. And now, they got Stroud, you're out of that business. So, they wanted somebody other than Stroud. Okay, why? Through all their study? I just, you're allowed to have your opinion that you get. Yes, it was a hefty price to pay. But if you told me that next year I could get two of the three best players in the draft, wouldn't you make that trade then too? Yeah, so here. So I got it this year. I don't get it. Here's another uh, complaint. This one's pretty wild. Uh, Whoever Scott Barrett is. I don't know that. Director of, I don't know. He's a fantasypoints.com. I don't know. Okay. He's got like almost 100,000 followers on Twitter. I don't know. He obviously does something with the NFL. But he says, horrific trade. The Texans still have a bottom seven roster. They should not be giving up future round ones. Dysfunctional organization. Divided front office. Head coach wanted Will Anderson. Ownership wanted a quarterback. Giving up basically three round ones for an edge defender is not getting the best of both worlds. The Texans are giving up the second best player still left on the board. Possibly Caleb Williams or Drake May. Maybe, maybe Harv- Marvin Harrison Jr. or Brock Bowers. And a round three slash round four swap just to move up nine spots in round one. Round one. This was a horrific trade. Well, he's wrong. Okay, number one. Number two is 
explain to me again how it was three first-round picks. Where where were you getting that? Listen, you're not giving up a first-round pick when you get a first-round pick. When people say, like, for instance, 12-3, to Right, you move twelve to three. You didn't give up a first round right. pick to you, get the third. You flip flop, swap. So that that's not what we gave up one there. And then where's the other one? They gave up a number one win next year, correct? Yeah. Where's the third first round pick? <clears throat> it's not. They're confused because it's a flip. It's not a. You're it's it a up. flip and one more flop. first round pick plus a couple other picks. The yes. second round. If you counted the flip, that's still two. So right. this guy's right. insane. I, I don't know. Oh, is he assuming that the thirty? The, the, third, the, the, yeah. There were the 33rd pick. Well, that's a first one. No, it's actually it's a second, second rounder, round. but may end up playing like a first rounder. Right. You didn't give up three. You gave up one first round pick and a high second round pick, and you flip flopped. I love it when people say, well, they gave up three first round. No. Three first round picks would have meant you gave up three, but didn't get one back, and they got one back nine slots higher in order to draft the best defensive player in the draft. Folks who are so caught up in assets, listen. Why in the world do we automatically think that the ninth player in the draft is going to be a stud? <laughs> I, I, I just don't get it. And he may be. But you got two guys that are going to start for you this year. And if they pan out, oh, let's look back at the draft three. Right. And I don't know. They might both be flops. I don't, I don't see that. But we could say that about anybody. Why are we? No. And, and then we're judging Drake May. Here, here's my favorite. He looks the part, right? Drake May. Going into last season, not a soul was talking about him. So now we've assumed after one year of playing football, a full season of starting, that Drake May is automatically the second pick of this draft. Yeah. Next yeah. to Caleb Williams. Well, at the same school he was at, Sam Howell was the same guy. Drake May's a better player. My point is, if he has a Spencer Rattler season next year, guess what he ain't going to be? Yeah. The second pick of the draft. He's not going to be a high draft. So I just don't know why that, and I love somebody from a distance who thinks CJ well, Stroud sucks. Okay. Yeah, he wasn't. He was. He looked pretty good in college to me. And then when you look at even on this guy's explanation, he says possibly Caleb Williams or Drake May. Well, in, on, in all honesty, they're not going to be around to get either of those guys. And then he says maybe Marvin Harrison Jr. or Brock Bowers. Okay, so with that logic, if you're going to go try to get a badass offensive wide receiver or the tight end, what are you still doing with your quarterback position? You still don't have a quarterback, right? So right. what logic is that? And they got him with oh, a true second pick. Hold on to those assets, though, yeah. and let's just go get a wide receiver or a tight end next year. Yeah, I don't, stupid. Yeah, I don't. I don't buy into it. But pure stupidity. He's allowed to have all the opinion he wants, but I can tell you this: save that we gave up three first round picks for to, to get Will Anderson. No, but I got news for you: he was worth trading up for. Right. I agree. Worth trading up for. Yeah, we'll continue to talk about the Texans draft next on Sports Talk Seven Ninety. The Sean Salisbury Show continues on Sports Talk 790. Home for your home teams. Hairband Mondays, Ryan. Executive yeah. decision. I think I played all of them last week, though. That's the thing. Uh, you got more. Don't worry about it. Bring it on back. Yeah. You know what I mean? I need you to get pumped up for it, though. Yeah. You're kind of down on it. Yeah, I'm pretty down on it. Whatever, dude. A lot of haters, you know, over the weekend bitching and complaining about the Texans draft. 
Dude, I, I'm sitting here trying to figure it out. I just don't understand it, man. Yeah, I'm trying to figure uh-huh. this out. If okay. I told you going into this, which we did, as blatant as it, as it can get, that if you can move from 12 to 3 and get a quarterback and the best edge rusher in the league in college football, why wouldn't you do it? And we knew it was going to be a fairly steep price to give up. That's nine slots to move up with the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. And you did. If I said you can get the second best quarterback in this draft, according to most, and the best defensive player three months ago, what would you have told me? I'm all in. Let's do it. Now, if Lucas Van Ness ends up being better than Will Anderson, okay, we'll deal with it then. If Will Levis ends up being better than C.J. Stroud, you'll deal with it when? Later. Yeah. When that comes. Right. Cross cross that bridge. To me, I'll take A, even without the rest of the draft. Right. Even without the rest, you got two of the best three players in the draft. And it's it, to me, it's uh. it's absolutely maddening that opinion is great. It's great for banner, but if you deep down feel like that the that the Texans got hosed in this, you ain't watched the same football I've been watching in college. You just haven't. Let's go to Steve, Northwest Houston. Good morning, Steve. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, you know, I was thinking that if these were the only two guys that we drafted this year, if these were the only two, I think they knocked it out of the ballpark. Um, the other thing is, is I, I was a little miffed about the the two centers that they that they drafted. I was wondering if maybe they may they play multiple positions. And the only other thing is, I wish they maybe could have got maybe a l- little bit longer, taller receiver, possession receiver. And I'll hang up and listen. Appreciate it, Steve. Thank you for the call. Well, I think you're obviously hoping Nico Collins turns out to be something special. Yep, he's a bigger body and receiver. That, and that John Mechie is who we think he is, which um, I'm going to go with, yes, he is. Yeah. Just as long as the health is there, then, and which is far more important than anything else. And put it this way, when Mechie's playing football, there's the adversity he'll go through as a player, he'll handle just fine after what he's been through. Right. So, yeah, I would have loved... If they wouldn't have given the second round pick to draft a receiver there, I would have loved it. But you, you you didn't, and you had to go get some other some other players to fit needs. As far as centers go, normally, now the second center, I, I don't know enough about the yeah. second guy. Juice, Juice Struggs and yeah, Jared player. Patterson are the two the, offensive linemen they drafted. The second one, I don't know enough about, but here's what I do know: is that usually a center can play guard. Usually, at somewhere along in their career, they've done both. Now, the guy, very few are like Bruce Matthews, where you can be a Pro Bowl left tackle, a Pro Bowl left guard, a Pro Bowl center, and a Pro Bowl long snapper type of guy, right? Yeah. But that guy's in the Hall of Fame. Right. So add depth and need there. And like I said, once you get to the fifth round, like a lineman from some school, I, the, listen, we would have to do what Kuiper does. Yeah. Go dig. talk to coaches and study Dive and in. study and study right. um, all those guys. So don't know enough other than when you read their strengths and weaknesses, which we can go through. But we're going to find out just how versatile they are. I would imagine you were getting a swing guy, meaning a guy who can play either with that. So I, I, to me, if you wouldn't have had another draft pick and you got those two, it is a win on draft Thursday for the Houston Texans. And it's a monster one. you got to give up something to get something. You don't just get the third pick for, well... If Arizona would have just said, hey, we'll give you, we'll take another number one next year and a five conditional four if he plays 75% of his stamps as a rookie, that would have been legalized theft for the Texans. You got to get something at three. Yeah. And if you covet a guy, what do I, it's obvious two things to me. They, they love, they love CJ Stroud and they love 
Will Anderson. And they went and got him. That's exactly right. Let's go to Ray in Memorial. Good morning, Ray. Hey, good morning, guys. Um, I'm, I, I, I'm confused about something. I, the, the moving of the goalposts is what's, what's funny to me because before the draft, it was all about Will Anderson. Was, what, could Will Anderson possibly be the first pick in the draft? And this is, this is a can't-miss stud and, and everything. And now, all of a sudden, now, when I'm listening to Skip Bayless and all of them, they want to make sense, oh, well, we have to wait and see uh, what type of player Will Anderson is. But before the draft, before the Texans got him, this was like this was like a can't miss stud. Now all of a sudden, now it's like oh we'll wait. I don't understand it. Now they want to say let's wait for Drake May. They should have waited for Drake May and Caleb Williams. When first of all, you don't know if they're going to be uh, going to be good quarterbacks in the pros. That that's a crapshoot in itself. Secondly, they're not going to tank enough to be able to pick those guys. Do you think the Miko is going to have those guys out there tanking tanking games? Uh, in his first coaching gig, I, I don't think so. They're better this year than they was last year, and in the Cully era. But uh, it's just I'll hang up and listen. But the goal, the, the moving of the goalpost for me is just, I mean, it, it's just it's just crazy. But you guys have a great day, okay? Appreciate it, Ray. You too. Great point. They move. Yeah, I gotta have Will Anderson. Then when you get Will Anderson, you don't want Will Anderson. You want Lucas Van Ness. Very great. Okay, pass up the best one to hope you get somebody Look, next year. <laughs> Makes zero sense to me. As far as it's concerned. Right now, the Texans had a phenomenal draft, and how it is with this roster, they upgraded it with these draft picks. Right now, we can be optimistic about this franchise in a couple years or even halfway through the season. Whatever the case is, somewhere in the future, we can be a little more critical of these draft picks. But right now, be optimistic because I got two out of the three best players in this draft. So figure it out. We'll continue to talk about the Texans draft. And we look at some of the draft picks that were not C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson. They got a couple of wide receivers, a couple of offensive linemen, uh, linebacker from Alabama. We'll discuss that next. Continue to take your calls as well. 713-212-5790. We roll along into the 8 o'clock hour here on the Sean Salisbury Show. Around here, a new sound spectacular. Sean Salisbury, Sean Salisbury, This is the all new Sean Salisbury Show. Welcome into the Sean Salisbury Show here on Sports Talk 790. Sean Salisbury, Brian Lalima, Ryan Money. Astros stave off a sweep. They beat the Phillies last night. They take on the Giants tonight, 7-10 first pitch. 6 o'clock, the on-deck show starts right here on your home for Astros baseball. Sports Talk 790. We got uh, former NFL coach Mike Marks joining the show at 8-15, so next segment. Then we've got Astros broadcaster Steve Sparks at 845 We've been talking about the Texans draft recap over the last couple of segments. We'll take your calls, 713-212-5790. The draft weekend is over. How are you feeling about it? 713-212-5790. Let us know what you think and how you're feeling. Optimism? You a little upset? Whatever it is, let us know. Let's go out to uh, Missouri City. Let's go to Quentin. What's up, Q? Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Good morning. I- I'll be quick. I know you guys got a lot of calls uh, coming in. Hey, uh, after they made the pick, I, I text Sean about that I, I thought they-, they gave up a lot. And the reason I say that to go up to from 9 to 3 well, from 12 to 3, is because they, I thought they could have done something different and kept that second rounder at the top 
because it was glorified the first pick of the second round being number 33. Then you could have taken that pick and then moved up and got three first rounders, even if you make the trade up from 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 12 to three. That was my opinion on that. Um, they actually had a deal worked out, and I have my inside sources. They were trying to get a deal done with Chicago to go from two to one and then take the trade and then go back, go from 12 to three. They would have had one and three. So they got the two guys that they wanted. They were going to take Stroud anyway. So they were they were going to do that. They just hoping somebody didn't move up and get him in front of them. So they got the guys they wanted. Uh, I just wish they would have kept that second. Uh, other than that, I think they did a really good job. Um, I think Detroit had a lot of lot of opportunities to to do better than what they did at the at those players that they picked at the at the value that they picked them at. Uh, but those are guys that they wanted. They wanted them. They weren't going to let them pass them, and, and that's how you have to approach their draft sometimes. So it's interesting to see what they do. Now, coming back for next year's quarterbacks, you have no idea what those guys are going to look like. Nobody was talking about Anthony Richardson at the top of, in the top four this year before the season started. Nobody. Will, Will Levis was, was picked where he should have been picked. Uh, he had some issues, uh, according to some people that I know, and that's why he fell. You know, even if he's there at the second round, there was a guy at the top of the second round named Drew Brees that played. I'm not saying he's Drew Brees, Drew Brees, but that's where Drew was picked, top of the second round, top five picks. And he had a pretty good career. So he went to a place where he can play. Uh, now, if you look at the teams right now in the NFL, who's going to need a quarterback next year? Probably two guys. Tampa and Washington. Who else? So when you're talking about having five first-round quarterbacks, yeah, you got to have a team that needs them. I'm, I'm sorry, and I left out the Rams. So if there's three top, three guys at the top of the first round next year, the quarterback that are pick worthy at quarterback, those are the three teams you're looking at. And that's no guarantee that the guys that they're playing with this year don't have decent years like everybody was going into the season. No one had Geno Smith doing anything. Guess what happened? He played. Yep. So they didn't have to take a quarterback. Right. So you just don't know. Hey, and you know what, Q, if you're in a front office still, and I told you you were going to come away and give up a little more than you wanted to, but you were going to come away with the starting quarterback and a starting edge rusher, both two of the four best players in this draft, there's no way you can consider that a failure for the Texans. That has to be a win if you're in the front office. It's, a, it's a definitely a win. You got two guys that are arguably when the season started in 2022, these guys are going to be top five picks. And you got two of them. And yeah, no one thought the Texans would be as bad as they were this year than being a, being picking one or two. But, hey, you got two of the best five. I'm sorry, two of the best three. All year for the last three years, those guys have been the top five guys in the college football and the top guys at their position each of the last three years. And you got Yep. If you don't like that, you, you, you don't understand – how you build a team. Bingo. I'm not saying you don't like football. You don't understand how you're building a team because you have to have a guy underneath the center and you got to have a guy that can go get the guy that's under the center on the other team. And they got both. Otherwise, you're not going to win games. Argu- <laughs> you got both. Arguably the two most impactful positions, dynamic positions in sports right now, in football. Q, great stuff, man. Thanks for the call. He's 100% right. He did. He texted me right after saying they give up a lot. But there's a but in it. If you'd have gave up a lot and done all that, and you'd have got, you would have reached for a guy. There's no reach with C.J. Stroud, and there's no reach with Will Anderson. Both are top five picks and got him at two and three. No issue here. Right. 
None. Right, and then he also made a good point where you look at the teams that are going to need a quarterback next year. There's probably going to be three of them, so there's no guarantee you were going to get into the sweepstakes anyways. And if you were, you're going to have to give up assets, and who knows? Well, and it's usually in truth, there'll be more. Why? Are you sure that we're going to find out? What about Tua's health? Are you going to keep an was, eye on that? That's the first team I thought of. Exactly. What about if Tua He was having a hell of a season, again. but if he doesn't. What if Kyler Murray comes back from an injury at some point, and they're like, we overpaid him, let's trade him. What if Russ Wilson pisses down his leg again? Urinates, right? Then what? Then They're going to be in the quarterback hunt. Yeah, then you'd be pissed off, right? Yeah, Sean Payton's Denver. not going to be putting up with that, so right. he's going to want a new quarterback. What if Geno comes back to being Geno? Meaning, I don't mean to, but plays is like a journeyman, sometimes good, sometimes bad. I don't think he will. I think, I actually think Geno Smith, this is who he is, because you just don't roll out of bed and complete, have that kind of accuracy this year. And they added Jackson Smith, their jig, but he's got weapons. Yeah. So I expect him to be well, but you don't know. What about the Vikings? They're going to need a quarterback. They are going to need a quarterback. Cousins is near, and whether it's the run there or somewhere else, at some point in time, you got to draft the heir apparent. So there's another one. Now, it'll, it'll be ended mentioning Washington, mentioning, mentioning Tampa, depending on how Baker Mayfield does. What if Kenny Two Gloves isn't what you thought in Pittsburgh? Yeah. Started out well, and I think he's going to be a good player, but what if? See where it ends. And it's it, every year, it's inevitable. It's inevitable. What if Trey Lance isn't any good? Or what if you can't stay healthy? Right, and Brock Purdy comes back. I mean, and he was a flash in the pan. That's exactly yeah. right. You never know. You don't know. So it is, to me, there'll be five more. Somebody else is going to get him. You, you, you don't want to be the first pick next year unless you suck, and that'll tell you. But the Texans think they got their guy, so now you don't want to be your first pick because you don't want to be tempted to take Caleb Williams, right? Now, what would you do then? <laughs> if you, yeah. If you had let's let's Stroud, say you were th- that bad, and all of a sudden it's sitting there. What do you do? You've got to go draft Caleb I mean, Williams and pass, trade back. You trade, right? How do you pass Caleb? How do you pass and say who Williams? wants C.J. Stroud? You'd have to, right? Unless yeah. Stroud goes out and plays well. But if he goes out and is like not any good, but you think you got your future quarterback, the Caleb Williams thinks he's an outlying freak show. So we'll see. But I, I don't. I, I'm okay with doing what they did. More than okay because you got two guys that you expect when you drafted them and traded for one of them or to get in position to draft one, you expect that I'll see you in 2033 and these guys will both be your starting edge rusher uh, or close and your starting quarterback. That's why you draft them in those slots and that's what you expect from them <clears throat> at here, two and three. Yeah, here you go. Here is from uh, uh, Urban Champ on Twitter. He says, I hate the Stroud pick. In my opinion, I believe he's going to be a bust. I would have taken Anderson at two, probably wide receiver at 12 and Hendon Hooker at 33. I'd been fine with that. Either way, I expect the Texans to be a bottom 10 team, if not bottom five. Hopefully I'm wrong. I, listen, that was my f- favorite. If you're going to get Will Anderson, don't like a quarterback, and you didn't love him, like I said, we may not love him, but apparently they love C.J. Stroud. So they drafted him, agent or not, right? They've already dealt with his agent. So apparently they love him enough to say, we can overcome that too. We're going to compartmentalize. That would have been okay too. Hennon Hooker at the beginning of the second round. A a home run hitting wide receiver that nobody felt was worthy at taking at 12 because they didn't. And then... You know, the Will Anderson. Well, you got C.J. Stroud instead of Hennon Hooker and, and Jackson Smith and the Jigba, if that's who you thought was the best receiver. But the other side of that is their roster, yeah, they may finish in the bottom 10, maybe. But I got news for you. The Colts and the Titans may finish below them. They may finish below yeah. them. So for me, I understand the banter. But you cannot t- I don't know how anybody isn't pleased with, look who you got 
if I told you we're leaving this draft last Wednesday on Thursday with these two guys, you would have said, I'm all in. And as Q said here, let's not forget the Dallas Cowboys. What if Dak Prescott's no good next year? He's just right. an average player, throwing, and they get beat in the first round and don't make the playoffs. And he keeps throwing interceptions. Guess what's you know happen. Jerry Jones is going to want a new quarterback. He'll be out. Right. He'll be out. Right. We're going to welcome in former NFL head coach Mike Martz of the 33rdteam.com next to talk the NFL draft and the quarterbacks right here on the Sean Salisbury Show. More Sean Salisbury on Sports Talk 790, where Astros and Rockets play. And real Texans talk. Welcome back to the Sean Salisbury Show here on Sports Talk 790. Sean Salisbury, Brian Lima, Ryan Money. It's time to welcome in former NFL head coach and a member of the 33rdteam.com, Coach Mike Martz. Yeah, one of my favorites for a lot of years. Grateful to have Mike on here. The 33rdteam.com provides unparalleled NFL insight for fans, fantasy players, betters through an unmatched roster of NFL experienced contributors like Coach Martz, including executives, head coaches, and players. Visit the 33rdteam.com this week to find out how their unmatched roster of NFL decision makers graded your team's draft. Mike March joins us now, former great offensive coordinator and head coach in the NFL. Mike, welcome in. It's good to talk to you, my friend. Great to have you on. Oh, uh, good morning, Sean. It's so good to hear your voice again. It's been a long time. Way too long, Mike, and it's great to have your analysis on. Let, let me start here. When you were judging how what you wanted in a quarterback coming out of college, give me two or three steps to your criteria to get a guy under the fold with you. Well, the number one thing is accuracy. No matter his size, speed, arm strength, and all that sort of thing, if that current example, used to always say, uh, if you can't throw it straight, the rest of it just doesn't matter. So really, ball placement, I'd look hard at ball placement, you know, the location of all the throws. The hard ones, you know, the ones in the flat, because you throw it behind him out in front. You know, what, you know, do they struggle on the move? Are they in time? All that sort of thing. The second thing would be just the processing, how well they see things and how well they react to it and if it's, how good are those decisions. And the processing is sometimes hard to evaluate because uh, you don't know really what they're asked to do. But I, I like to watch their helmet when they come back from the center and see what they're trying to see and that sort of thing. And then the toughness thing, too, those are – hard to evaluate sometimes but the leadership comes from the toughness aspect of it you know how well he responds in adverse situations i think that's a big one too and mike i've talked to kurt warner and mark bolger and trent green all who you coached magnificently and turned them into great players along with their skill set but all of them have the same thing you were tough on them in practice and they loved it but that's i guess that's when you finally find out mike how they are. It's one thing to see them in college, but until they're under your wing and you're coaching them, and I know you you would put quarterbacks under game-like duress situations because if you don't, Mike, how do you find out about them when they're in your when you're on your team, especially at a young age? Well, camp I was really hard on quarterbacks, really really hard. You know, we had a standard for them and uh, I know sometimes they go home and just wouldn't sleep. <laughs> you know? But and then during during the season, you know, we'd whisper coach them as they say, you know, then all bets are off. So, but the, the big deal is there's a standard that you that they prepare to every day, and you can't let them back off that. And it's a, such a long season. There's an ebb and flow, but you can't let them realize that ebb and flow. You you've got to keep them focused and. The stuff that demands that we had on them at night when they left practice, drawing up everything, 
rehashing everything, looking at tape, going through their reads, and yeah, you know, perfection is what we always expected out of them. Um, you know, and and we held them that, and it's it's hard. I mean, practice was harder than the games were, and I just always felt comfortable that we went to a game that they're prepared, and you know, they're such good players. If you do your job in trying to prepare them, the rest they'll take care of that because they're good players. Yeah, and practice sometimes can be much harder than the game. It opens up a little more on Sundays. Mike Martz, longtime NFL head coach and one of the great offensive coordinators of all time and coordinated, well, one of the best offenses in the history of this game with the Rams, joins us here, Sports Talk 790, Sean Salisbury Show. All right, Mike, specifically C.J. Stroud. Before we talk post-draft, what was your thoughts about him going in? You know, he's protected very well. Uh, he gets the ball out fast. He Fields did. They're just different players. He sees things well. The you know just what we talked about. The this what he sees and reacts to uh, is very good. What I didn't know until the championship game is, you know, when he's behind, how well he'll bring a team back. I thought he excelled. I thought he did a really good job. So that was the only question mark for me. I think. He's a lot like Burroughs in a lot of respects to me. I think he's going to be very successful in the league. I, I just, Houston, I think this is a great pick for them. Yeah, Mike, you think this was worthy of the two pick? I mean, and, and yes. with this, I mean, you can get this guy in. And, and with that, do you have a problem playing a rookie, Mike, right off the bat at quarterback? Are you worried about his confidence? Or I, I believe that if I drafted him, I shouldn't draft him if I was worried about his fra- if he was fragile personality-wise. So at number two, he goes out there and starts. I mean, aren't you going to practice him like you're trying to play him? Yeah, I think you have to at that point. Um, you know, the offensive line is such a big issue. And I think you you can, as you know, Sean, you can choreograph a lot of his development right? in terms of what you're asking him to do. And we all get to that point where we, we want him to do more, so to speak, and then he's really ready for it. And, you know, we kind of, you always press him. You know, particularly in practice and that sort of thing. But uh, I think he's far enough along, and I think he understands things so well. He has a great feel for the game. Uh, I wouldn't be concerned about it. Uh, biggest concern is in making sure he's got enough around him where they can have success because that'll, that'll ruin a guy. Mike, if you were the first pick of this draft, who would you have taken? That's a hard question. Um Probably, yeah. You know, that's a tough one for me. I'm I'm trying to skip around that. Either I'm not. I'm good. not. I'm not going to let you. So tell me. <laughs> so was it? Would, would it have been? What would it? Have, you wouldn't have let your quarterback skip on it, Mike. So I'm sure as hell not going to let you because I know. Probably. Yeah, I know you love them both because I don't believe in drafting a guy I like in the first round. I got to love him, especially at that position. So obviously the Texans loved Stroud and apparently Carolina loved Bryce Young. So would it have been one of those two? Compare the two. What, what does Bryce have that C.J. doesn't, you know, on the football field? Well, when you put the tape on and watch Bryce, he just, he just captures your attention. I mean, he does things so quick. And his processing is, is such a high-level NFL speed kind of a thing. And what he sees and can react to is is really remarkable that very few guys have. I think Stroud can be like that. I think he can. Uh, I, I do think that, you know, physically, you, you know, when they talk about Bryce being so small in the, in the injury deal, it hasn't happened so far. And it, you'd have to project that as being an issue. The size doesn't bother me as much because he's Agreed. proved. Yep. 
you know, the, the height of the offensive lineman in college is no different than the NFL. So I think he's further along in terms of his speed of play. But I do think uh, I'd probably take Stroud. It's uh, a big guy that gets, gets got that big arm. And he, he's got great touch, too. You know, he's got it all. You know, there's there's no nicks on him anywhere. There's no suspicions about him to me. It, the thing that sold me is, is coming back like he did in that last game and, you know, uh, just the way he competed. Competing is a big deal. For right. me. I just, I, and I think that's what you fall in love with about Bryce is how hard he competes and how successful and what a competitor he is. Yeah, and showed us something with his feet, Mike, that we hadn't been used to, you know, buying time and extending plays to give them a chance against Georgia. And quite frankly, if they right. could have got a couple stops on defense, they win that game. And who knows right. from there right. on. Mike Martz, uh, former NFL head coach, one of the best offensive coordinators we've ever had in this league coaching one of the most uh, high-powered offenses with the Kurt Warner-led Rams, joins us here on the Sean Salisbury Show, part of the 33rdteam.com. Mike, do you care? I mean, coaching matters, but when you're looking at a guy coming from college to pros, and these two guys, Ryan Day and his staff, Nick Saban and his staff for Bryce Young, do you look to who coached them in college when it affects how you would treat them drafting them in the pros? I think the biggest issue there is if you got to understand what they're asked to do, and it when you're watching tape to kind of figure some of that stuff out, you know how involved they are, um, what they have to know to run the offense, so to speak, and just the level of, of play of the offense, what they're asking them to do. I, th- I think it's very important. Um, you know, the big thing, like Herbert was at Oregon, they never asked him to do much in that offense. It's really simple. Didn't really relate to to the NFL a whole lot, but he processed things so quickly and his decisions were so good. I was a big fan of his from the beginning. And I, I kind of see that with CJ. Hopefully he's going to be the same kind of player. Um, yeah, I, I think it, it's a big deal, but you have to kind of understand what he's asked to do. Uh, you know what I mean? Sometimes right. they yeah, I hate to say that sometimes they'll excel in spite of what they're asked to do, you know? Mike, who'd you like, uh, for instance, as a, outside these two guys, who would have been your Hooker. next choice? you like, okay, he, say, Hennon Hooker, and I said the same thing. I think that if he wasn't hurt, I could have considered him in the fight for who the second best quarterback, maybe even arguably the first, even though he's 25 years old. But with that, why him instead of Levis um, and Anthony Richardson. What what about Hendon Hooker did you love? Now, accuracy was at a premium with him. Yeah. To me, he's an NFL quarterback. And I watch him, and they don't ask him to do a lot. But what they ask him coverage-wise, Sean, is he'll start on one side. They they fool him. They change coverages on him a lot because they're not real. They don't formation a lot. So I've seen him for work one side – the corner comes down, he snaps his head around, hits the seam for a touchdown. He has, he's so in tune to what the offense is and what he's asked to do. There's no thought process. It's just reaction. And that's a smart guy that's been, that's in the meeting rooms a lot and doing his homework. And he's well coached. But you talk about getting the ball out quick now, and he's got all the throws and you know, I think it's it's just such a great pick for Detroit. You know, this is agreed. I uh, think it's a steal, I look, Mike. I do. I think it's oh, a it steal. Is. I do. It, I think when it's all when the dust settles, he could end up being the best quarterback out of this draft. Interesting. And Mike, before I let you go, I know you got other stuff to do all day long, and I can't thank you enough, brother. And I'll, I'll send you my uh, information on your text uh, on your phone when I'm done I here. But it. yeah, no problem. I miss seeing you. Let me let me finish with this. You and I are building a team. 
I'm your, I'm the general manager. You can be either way. And I come to you and say, Mike, we're building a team and you get to take one quarterback to start your franchise that's currently playing in this league. Who is it? Um, Mahomes. I mean, he, I mean, what he does, he's so far ahead of everybody else in terms of, pro- you talk about process, you know, it's right. Ridiculous. Right. And the off schedule yeah, stuff's off the charts, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, that, and he's, you know, people talking about beating him with his leg or four nine for crying out loud, but he just plays fast. He's just a, he's playing at a level I've never seen at that position before. Mike, and that's saying something. You've coached Hall of Famer. You, you and Norv have been around North Turner forever, coaching players. You've seen Marino and Elway, but he's doing it even different, which is hard to fathom with all the great players, right, Mike, at that position? Yes. And, you know, he's seen er- everybody is throwing everything at him, trying to trip him up. Really great defenses. They blitzed him. They tried to do everything they can. They can't stop him. You know, but I will say this: the guy that I've I've really, really loved to watch play is Herbert. You know, there's a couple of games that he's had where he's come back three touchdowns down, just to make these miraculous comebacks. And I, he's he's so skilled, and he's got doesn't have a whole lot there with the offensive line. But I love him as a young player, but. Uh, Mahomes, I mean, you know, there isn't anybody like him. Mike, I think you and I could assign long-term contracts and keep jobs for a long time with either one of those guys as our quarterback. Yep. And I think <laughs> I think they're hoping the same thing for C.J. Stroud. And you know what? It won't be soon enough that we get you back calling plays in this league because we could use that fast pace again. And if you and if you do go, just make sure you give me a call, brother. I'll carry your golf clubs, whatever you need me to do. I'm in. I appreciate it. Mike, it's great to talk to you, and uh, I look forward to having you on again, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. That's a great Mike Martz again. 33rdteam.com provides unparalleled NFL insight for fans, fantasy players, and betters through an unmatched roster of NFL experienced contributors, including executive head coaches and players. Visit the 33rdteam.com this week to find out how their unmatched roster of NFL decision makers graded uh, your team's draft. I've known Mike, hell, since the 80s, early 80s, and he's opinionated. There is no tougher quarterback coach and coordinator on quarterbacks. Than him, he's coached a lot of great ones, and you saw what he you heard, what he said about C.J. Stroud and, and Mahomes and Herbert. They're hoping they get that with C.J. Stroud, but Mike sees it different than most I've ever been around. We'll see how it pans out for the Texans. Great stuff by Mike Martz, guys. It was good to have him on. Yeah, that was good stuff. I mean, he had the what is the greatest show on turf? Yep, he had yes. that. Listen, I'm telling you, dude, and I'll never forget again. The day after Trent Green got hurt in that preseason, and we talked, he said. Yeah. We're going to play some dude named Kurt Warner. That's nuts. Basically, some guy is what he said. And I said, okay. And I called him after the, the very next week. He said, well, keep playing this Kurt Warner guy. And MVP and Super Bowl later, yeah. there you go. And yeah. Mike was at the forefront of that because they were counting on Trent Green to lead him. Well, we now we know the, the rest of history. Trent Green, good player. Right. But they all to a man. I wasn't joking. If you can get through Mike Mart's training camp and practice, you beg for Sundays because it's a lot easier. Mike knows quarterback play, and he and Norv Turner, who Norv was my coordinator for a long time. If you put Norv and Mike on at the same time and interviewed him, you know, you'd say, who's who? The voice, the way I'm talking about carbon copy, and they both know offensive football and how to attack defenses. Mike likes C.J. Stroud, which is a good thing. The uh, Texans drafted two wide receivers. Who are they? We'll talk about them next on the Sean Salisbury Show. 
This is Sports Talk 790, home of the Rockets, Astros, and the best lineup in Houston sports. Now, back to Sean Salisbury. Just wrapped up an interview with former NFL head coach and offensive coordinator Mike Martz. If you missed that, it'll be up on our blog after the show at sports790.com. Might be worth a run back at 9 o'clock, too. Replay. You trying to run a back dog? Might be worth a re- rear. Hashtag. Put it right here. Might be worth it. Mike knows football. Hashtag run it back? No, I don't do hashtags like that. I'm, I'm, we rain. You know, I'm not ready to rain. We rain. Rain. Okay, yeah. Make it rain, bitches. Yeah. Bitches. Hashtag bitches. Yeah, put that hashtag in there. Yeah. Hashtag bitches. So you do that hashtag, though? No, I don't. Is Ryan here today? Can't find him. What a shock. Ryan, we ought to change Ryan's last name to like change or worthless. <laughs> Ryan. Can't find money. Yeah. Show us the money. Come on, Rhino. Yeah. Have you competed today? What's yeah, up? With you? I'm just over here producing, you know, that answering the phones guy, you know, just pressing them buttons. <laughs> well, it's hard to. We got the Ghostbusters thing up there, but I don't know. Yep. Who you get a call? Phone busters, right? Hey, I called uh, Mike Martz. That was a big play. That's nice. a big, big baby. What a get by you, Brian. Compete. I dialed all 10 digits. Compete, baby. Your thumb's okay? Need a little ice them down. Well, we have to dial. You have to dial nine to dial out, man. And I thought that was gonna get me, but uh, I hung strong, dude. You made it happen, though. About a bang. Proud of you, man. Proud of you. We Thanks. got uh, Steve Sparks is gonna join the show next segment. Really appreciate him moving. I'm gonna have his to call segment. him too. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Brino, come on, Al. Step your game up. Yeah. See if we can get some unlimited nights and weekends minutes or something. All these phone calls, you know. Remember back in the day when you had to like log five hundred texts a month. Like, remember yeah. when you could get it? Were you guys alive then? Yeah, oh, I, yeah. yeah. Oh, I was yeah. in middle school when texting first started coming around, and my parents put me on a plan. It was like two hundred. Excuse me, 200 texts a month. Yeah. My and you school, got that in a day. My middle yeah, exactly. school girlfriend wanted to talk on the phone. I was like, I got to call you after seven. I got those. I got to get those free minutes, you know? Ryan pulling in the in middle school. Hey, wow. yeah. I don't like to brag, but we dated for at least a week. Oh, yeah. Did you guys go steady? Yeah, steady. I think we went to a movie. It's pretty cool. Nice. How was the movie? <laughs> did you guys make out? Oh, I'd actually... I hope so. Do you guys, did you, did you, did you, let, me, let me send her a text. Let me find out. Did you cough when you put your arm around her? Yeah. Oh, you have <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah, put your arm around her. And then, <laughs> or does she have popcorn in her lap and you put your arm around her and put the hand in the popcorn? You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you, I was like, or did you miss, shoulder, you know, and or like, did you miss the popcorn and, and grab her shoulder? shoulder. Yeah. Forearm. Mm. You did? Yeah. Or no? Rhino, did oh. you French the very first time? No. What was your no, first no, no, French? No, no, French, French. First French. French. Um, how old were you when you first French? Let's see. Calendar was Think about that word. I said it because I'm French. <laughs> you already just said it. Uh, <laughs> Challenger 87. <laughs> so uh, it had to be at least 96. <laughs> it wasn't. No, okay. no, seriously. Do you remember when you first French? How old you were? Your first uh, French? First, like real proper French. I mean, it had to have been high school. I, I don't think I was really pulling a middle school Late like bloomer, that. Did you think, were you any Late good bloomer, at it? I did, mean, middle school, you know. Did yeah. you feel any good at the first time you Frenched? Uh, no, it was terrible. You were, were you? You probably stiff-tongued her. I got a hand you know what I'm saying? The stiff, you know the stiff tongue? <laughs> well, what about you, Sean? When it's like a two-by-four. <laughs> you kissing girls in elementary school? What are you doing? Huh? Nah, you know what? I was, uh, 
I, I was a little, I, yeah, you know, you that when you're in the fifth grade, all of a sudden you, your lips are like yeah, closed. You're like, yeah, 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 but yeah, you like peck. kiss together and you move right, your head, yeah. but your lips aren't open. Yeah. And then you push one her down the sandbox and ran one away. One of those. And then, you know, and when they're chasing after you, what are you supposed to do? You know yeah, I mean? You, you know the run. problem. Yeah, exactly. You, you, know, you exactly. see, I, you know. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, yeah. I, uh, my first like uh, uh, session, <laughs> a little tonsil hockey. Probably, Goodness. I don't know. Was I ninth grader, eighth grade? I mean, kissed a yeah. little bit, but the first time I like, what do we call? Are the kids still saying Mac? No, back when no, we Mac. No, what are they no. calling that? Um, what what do we call? I don't even know. Out? I don't even. Is know there a new they... name for Mac? You know what I'm talking about? I right? think oh, they're they were so Mac-ing. embarrassed about everything. They don't call it anything. They're right. just like uh, you know, it's private. Time. I like to still call it when we French. Yeah, I think it's a great, great word. Too, yeah. A great word. Yeah, I, I hear some of my 13U players talking about chicks, and and like they get all embarrassed when they realize that I can hear everything. Right. And I caught a couple of them last tournament talking about making out with chicks when they're not in school, and I was like, "Damn, y'all are doing what?" And they're like, oh, no, "Nothing, nothing, nothing, nothing." Don't yeah. tell my dad. Yeah. What? Why am I going to tell your dad? Your, your dad, dad probably, probably already knows. knows. I was about to say, guess what? Your pops knows. He probably already knows. Yeah. He yeah. probably give you a high five for it. Yep. So. Yeah. You know, um, and it's weird how we, like. Like, you know, when a 13-year-old boy does it, it's like, oh, yeah. he's cool. Kiss. Right. Your 13-year-old daughter, don't you dare kiss a man until, <laughs> well, ever. I'm your dad. You're right. all that. You got yeah. your pistol right ever, there. Right. Never. Yeah. Um, but, Ryan, so you were a top-notch Frencher early, is what no, you're saying. I, I never said that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we checked the advanced analytics. Uh, it turns out I was a third-round pick. But Man. Uh, yeah, we are having a good time. I, I think mine was in... Uh, Seventh grade in the Lazy River at Splashtown. Now that's nice, nice level. Yeah, that's, dude. that's a nice. fun summer. Yeah, right man. There. I remember who the girl is too. I'm not gonna put her name out there, but yeah, yeah. Nah. yeah. yeah. Nice I young lady. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I think I got my first kiss in like sixth grade. First tonsil ha- uh, hockey action, probably seventh grade. Lazy River, Splashtown. The first girl I ever kissed, like when you're in like the fourth grade, Tony Catan. What's it? Yeah, him too. I mean, her Ooh. too. Tony Catan. Tony Catan is her name. Tony Catan. I could remember the gal's name. My the, the first one I was in, the, and just not, Michelle Locklear. No, I mean Heather Locklear. No. Michelle Pfeiffer. No, come on, no. Dude. Trina Hatcher. I think was her name. <laughs> and the, the, the fact that I remember that fourth grade, like you think you're hiding what? from your mom and dad, you like you yeah. like you get a quick peck in, right? Because right. I was, dude, I, I clueless. <laughs> I knew how to go to school and play sports. Other than that, I was, yeah, I wasn't doing any of. It. I was like, like you say, you're a little nervous, but, and I'm like, okay, fourth grade, I am pulling Trina Hatcher. Okay, and you made and it much respect to her because she was cool as hell. I haven't seen her <laughs> since then, but it was we were the you know, schoolmates when we were young. And it's like you know that crush you have on like I'm in love with Trina Hatcher in the fourth grade, <sighs> right? Yeah, you're yeah. like I'm, I'm marrying her, right? Right? Sure you are, right? So there you go. Yeah, and back in the day, in the day, but Rhinel. Key top-notch Frencher. Yeah, I don't. I don't know about that one, but uh, we got the job done. Nice. Yeah. Sometimes you got to be. I mean. This you is just what gotta she be had able to, to you gotta, you gotta just get through. What'd she say? I mean, this guy is strong as heck. So that's what she said. That's what she said afterwards. This wow. guy's strong as heck. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. Well, I disagree. You. Okay. He's so likable. <laughs> yeah. I, I was. I was likable. Right. Very likable. Teacher's yeah. pet. Trina Hatcher. Yeah. Mm. That's a name that's She's probably grown up now like. Dude, idiot. you were weak That's back a then. Hall of Fame but you know, like when you, like when the the parents bring you, like you, the, yeah. you know, the fourth grade, and right. like or whatever it was, like, yeah, like, and he, like they bring, but you don't really talk to each other. You I hang always, around your buddies, right? I always wonder what my dad would think when he was dropping me off at a girl's house in middle school. Dad, go. Yeah, well, my first time, I remember my freshman year, like we were part of the myself and Mitzi Osbrook. She's still a friend. Her family. I mean. 
haven't talked to her in years, but she was like the, she felt like as a freshman, she was like mature enough to be like a freshman in college, right? Well ahead of all the rest of us. And I, I was, I took her to the homecoming dance and my pops took us and drive. I was 15 at the time as freshmen. So you go and then we went to the dance together and I remember dropped off and you're hoping pop and he drops you off and you got to walk up to the front door and give her a quick, you know, peck quick on peck, the yeah. cheek or something. Yeah, Cause get in, get there out. was no makeout session happening when pops dropped us off. No, back in the day. Not. It was like, sorry, you ain't driving yourself cause you don't have a license. So let's recap this. No segment. limo. Yep. Ryan money, top notch Frencher, I guess. Also, yes. Let's recap. You started the segment by bus tossing me for not being here. Did you want me to talk during the Mike Martz interview? Yeah, yes, dude, yes, we was did. Was I supposed to just interrupt and be like, yeah. hey, Mike, Mike, Sean, Mike, Sean <laughs> shut up. See, why do you see Rhino's <laughs> like, doing the right thing and now you do that now you got him all frazzled. What are you nah, doing? Nah, well, it's because he's talking about his Frenching history. Yeah, French. I never, you brought it up. See, listen. See, yeah. See, man, that man, Mike Martz interview was good about CJ Stroud. The process, that he kept focusing on getting through processing information and playing well when things aren't going well, basically. We'll get a chance to hear that again. Uh, we got some baseball talk we next, do. right? Yep, we're going to welcome in Astros broadcaster Steve Sparks next on the Sean Salisbury Show. The Houston Astros. The Astros. The Astros. This exclusive Astros segment on Sports Talk 790 is brought to you by Xfinity 10G, the next generation network. Yes, let's go. Hey, let's go, guys. Sean Salisbury Show. Sean Salisbury, Brian Alima, Ryan Money right here on Sports Talk 790. It's time to welcome in Astros broadcaster Steve Sparks. Yes, it is. Astros broadcaster Steve Sparks for his weekly visit here on Sports Talk 790. Sean Salisbury Show. Steve, thanks for adjusting times for us today, my man. Let me start here. I know how you talk about Abreu and with positivity on, a, on, the, on the power part of it. The ball's leaving his bad exit a little less than 90. Um, when should we be concerned about the power shortage, my friend? Well, I think I think you should be sh- concerned right now. I mean, you never know with an aging player when that when that power starts to sap. But, but I think right now, and, and what a lot of people are seeing is a little mechanical thing where you just don't have a lot left in your swing when you start to drift. And you, you drift with your stride, your hands go forward a little bit. That's all you have left in your swing. It's just more arms. Uh, with no connectivity to your lower half. So I think, you know, we saw, you know, it's just one at bat, but we saw him got it, got it to the barrel yesterday's game. I keep going back to what we saw last year, 256 hard-hit balls, which is 95 miles per hour or better from uh, Jose Abreu, and that was the second most in all of baseball, 256 times he was able to hit it that hard. And you know that doesn't go away overnight. So hopefully – you know, everybody talks about the slow start, but uh, this Astros team right now, you start to look at slugging percentage. That's what they're missing more than anything. They're in the right. bottom third of the major leagues this year in slugging percentage, mostly because they're counting on Abreu to give them more lift. Steve, I'm curious, go back to the, the mechanical part, which you and I, like we've stressed uh, regularly, how it is important for when you watch it. I'm a big mechanics guy as well. Not robotics, but mechanics. And yeah. you mentioned drifting. What I said simply earlier on the show is, and, and how far off am I? It feels like I don't see lower half explosion and violence, right, with the lower half getting through the hitting zone. So to the amateur out there, explain what drifting is when you're talking about Abreu's mechanics. 
Well, there's this term in baseball and hitting that's called separation. And separation means when you stride with your left foot, that's your front foot, and your hands go back. So there's bigger separation between that stride foot and your hands. And the greater that is, the tighter the tension is where you have a lot left. So it's able to recoil or it's able to, to kind of reverberate and get off a, a real powerful swing. Right now, as he strides, his hands go forward with his stride. So rather than that separation, it gets it stays the same instead of going uh, uh, wider. Steve, it's like not it's like he's not loading up his what hands, correct? Right, not loading up his hands. That's it. Push him back. That's and, exactly right. Right where they're sitting there, it's like anything. Whether it's like a well, if you're hunting birds, you don't squeeze the trigger twice, right? When you hunt bird, you pump uh-huh. the shotgun and squeeze it. So it feels, and you're right that that's like a quarterback striding. When we pick our foot up off the ground and get it down back in the ground, the hands go back to load, even if they are loaded, but they're pushed back so that uncoil. There's explosion through the throwing zone, and for baseball terms, a hitting zone. And if the hands are not pushing back, that that's warning track power, right, Steve? I mean, that's that's basically what it becomes then, right? Yeah, it starts to look like you're feeling for the pitch right. rather than, you know, accelerating uh, through contact. You know, it, it does. It looks like he's just feeling, just trying to uh, hit a single to right field when, when we know there's a lot of power in there. I, I will say this. I was in spring training the entire time. I saw him turn on balls, and I saw him barrel balls and pull them hard to the left side. I remember a homer he hit it against the Cardinals in Jupiter. That It was a rocket. So I know it's in there. I know it's mechanical. But a lot of times those mechanical things turn into mental issues and uh, you got two things to overcome. Yeah, Steve. Steve Sparks joins us for his weekly visit. Astros broadcaster. Always great to have him on on a Monday. Steve, and, and then the problem becomes, you mentioned the mental is we're all guilty of it, whether it's on the golf course or anything we do, veteran or rookie, is then you start to grind, you start to squeeze sawdust out of the bat, and before you know it, you're pressing on things. And other parts of your mechanics suffer because you're so caught up in trying to get this right and you lose that lack of tension i like to take tension out of grip and all that feels to me like there's a little more tension so how long do you ride with this i mean you're going to keep him there right do you move him down do we sit here with this what do you do with this situation to get him right well they've already moved him down this is the first time he's ever hit sixth in in his career he's always hit third through fifth throughout his nine years with the chicago white Sox. so you've done that i think that the next step, it's mostly because you don't have really anybody to, to kind of replace him on a, on a, you know, infrequent level is Michael Brantley could be the answer, right? He's going to play a little bit of first base in his rehab assignment with Sugarland, So we might see Brantley spell Abreu on occasion just to give him a blow, you know, just a, a mental uh, release so he can go work on some things, go watch the game and just decompress and try to get things going. So, you know, are you concerned? Yeah, you're concerned because the offense needs him. But I, I still, you know, there's hope that, that lies in that uh, he's going to turn things around and still have a very productive season. Steve, you had made a mention last the two times ago before Garcia started kicking into this about the stride, that it was shortened. Well, you mentioned it. It feels like that very next game was uh, the last two quality, quality starts. Have you seen a difference in lengthening his stride to get more, not only control, but also a little more velocity? Man, if you can change mechanics just by doing something really subtle, right? that's the best way to do it. 
And they did. They changed him from the first base side of the rubber to the third base side of the rubber. So he got better direction and better extension just by having to get the ball to home plate from the third base side. It was brilliant what they were able to do. So it changed the shape. It changed the extension and then the explosion on all of his pitches just by moving sides of the rubber. And and it's a handful of inches, and all of a sudden now the guy's – Back yeah. to being lights out. This looks more like him, and I mean his development, which leads me to Urquidy was pitching pretty well. You know, pulled himself from the game. Steve, any update for you, or is it just waiting to see after the MRI? And what should we be concerned about with the pitching staff now? He did test after the game, and his range of motion and his strength seemed to be pretty good. So maybe it was cramping or something of that nature. You cross your fingers and hope that's the case. But you get into a situation where, for me, this is my opinion, I thought the Achilles heel of this team was starting pitching depth. And if somebody goes down, where do you turn to? And right now, the three guys that are on the 40-man roster with the Astros are Belak, Forrest Whitley, and J.P. France. A couple, of, you know, a few guys that are, are good, you know, but they're not the, the same caliber of pitchers that you had in years past when you had a Hunter Brown, say, in Sugarland who couldn't even find his way into the rotation because everybody was pitching so well. Right. So the depth might be tested at this point. We'll see how Arkady comes out of it. But uh, I think it sounded like pretty good news after the game that it may have been uh, not so not so serious. Steve, I'll leave you with this. And again, thanks for adjusting for us. Is sure. If I said June 15th, over under, we see Forrest Whitley start a game for the Astros. Um. I- I would say I would say probably after. You know, I, I think he'll he'll be a, a viable option at some point. It just depends on, on whether there's opportunity. I think right now that he's probably third in that pecking order of forty man roster pitchers. Right. Just because of the way that, that Belak has shown experience wise uh, to be able to get it done at the big league level and also JP France has gotten off to a great start. Might be a notch uh, ahead of, of France right now. So it's almost like you know, Missy Osbrook, a little ahead of Trini Hatcher at this point. Yes. When you rank when you rank them, that's where they stand. Put some old school 80s respect on Mitzi Osbrooks and Trina Hatcher. Would you do that for me, Steve? Seven. Come on now. You memorize their names, cl- so you were paying attention. I'm, cl- I'm closing my eyes. <laughs> death, just imagine <laughs> Mitzi Osbrook looking just like Marsha Brady. <laughs> You're not far off. <laughs> Mitzi Osbrooks and Marsha Brady. Yes. Now we're on. And boy, was did I have some game back then, Steve? I mean, long hair, feathered, maybe a little bit on the side, kind of like you picture Marsha Brady, but the male version, maybe kind of a little bit of a, of, of you know the old school rockers band look. You know the look I'm talking about. You probably had it too. Let's 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 not kid ourselves. Is that? It sounds fabricated. <laughs> yes, you're. <laughs> I mean, hey, do you remember your first kiss? First kiss? Yeah. Um, Can you recall? Yeah, I do. As, as a matter of fact, it was kind of a truth or dare situation. Uh, <laughs> you chose it dare? At, it, was, it, it, it was at Skate World. No, she did. It was at Skate World. <laughs> okay. And so, I broke up with her. Yeah. I broke up with her because she couldn't skate backwards. It, it just didn't look cool for, for a couple of days. <laughs> Hey, the, the free skate's up next. The free skate's up next. <laughs> oh, you're priceless, dude. I hope she recovered from all that. You were so harsh on her. I can't wait. Was I it? Her. Was it? Was it? <laughs>
<laughs> Was it her mechanics on the backward skate? <laughs> Still working on it. <laughs> Dude, I'll talk to you next week. You're an idiot, and I love every second of it, man. Let's talk to you, brother. You Thank you. It. Enjoy the series against San Francisco. The great <laughs> Steve Sparks. We'll come back. He said he broke up. <laughs> he said I married her. She couldn't skate backwards, but I married her. Sports Talk 799 o'clock hour next. On deck show starts at 6 o'clock right here on your home for Astros Baseball Sports Talk 790. The Texans finished up their draft weekend. We went through them during the 8 o'clock hour. We just had on Steve Sparks, as we do every single week. If you missed that, it'll be up on our blog after the show at sports790.com. Astros broadcaster Steve Sparks. Uh, You ready for this headline here, Sean? You'll get a kick out of this one. I'm ready. Some NFL executives around the league are getting annoyed with how much praise Eagles' Howie Roseman has been receiving during the draft. Why are they annoyed? Jealous? What's the problem? (laughs) This coming from Peter Schrager of uh, FoxSports.com, senior writer. (laughs) Is there a reason behind it? No, it just... Oh my gosh! What they're mad because the the Eagles did a damn good job during the. <laughs> well, isn't it usually the general the manager or president that gets credit for this kind of stuff doing the draft? So when when he does it well, they're mad that he gets credit for it. I guess. Oh, okay. That sounds that sounds about right. Yeah. So they're pissed sounds off. Sounds logical. As, as, as if you're hiring Roseman, as I would like, I give a rat's ass if somebody's pissed off after my draft. Right. You know that's hence why he's under contract, getting paid the money, and the rest of us are wondering. Why? You can disagree. Philadelphia has done nothing but put themselves in position to again be the best team in the in the NFC. Why? No disrespect to the 49ers. The Eagles have a quarterback right now. The 49ers don't. They do. Let's look at the uh, some of the other picks for the Houston Texans. They got, obviously, C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson in the second round. They traded back up to get into the second round. They got Juice Scruggs, an offensive line from Penn State. Then within their third round, they got Nathaniel Tank Dell from right here in the the uh, Houston Cougars, wide receiver. My guy Brody Chapman at Spindletap said they need to draft him. This would be, and yeah. he said they're going to draft, and I'll be damned. Yeah, they didn't jump all over him. He warned me about that, and here he we are. He led all of college football with receiving yards and touchdowns this season. Home run hitter. Yes. Hey, where did you know what? And he was That's, reported as the best route runner in the draft. Yeah, he can. He's a good get. That wasn't getting a lot. Of great name, but wasn't getting a lot of pub. Is one of the top right. guys pre-draft. Where, where did his quarterback go? Clayton Tune. Where did he get drafted? I don't even remember. After the lost, I need to tune in on it. <laughs> Late to the party. He's like the party. I just man. Say, Thanks for the pregnant pause, there, Brian. Clayton Tune was drafted by the Cardinals. What round? He is the number one hundred and thirty-nine pick, uh, round five. Yeah, how about your boy? How about your boy Stetson Bennett as a Ram? Nice. Where'd, where'd Steady the fourth go? Fourth round. 
steady, fourth Stetson. round of the rounds. Okay, the rounds, and then you yeah. got. Uh, I did see that Max Duggan got drafted in the seventh round. Yeah, who took him? Um, yeah. Let's see. Yeah, after Chargers, the Chargers, the Chargers, Chargers. After uh, after that, around the fourth, fifth round, I when it comes to quarterbacks, I, I couldn't keep. I didn't keep up to. You know, so I was too busy he's, watching uh, baseball and, and NHL and NBA. He's cloud. probably going to take Justin Herbert's job. I don't think so. Not yet. Not yet. Be the, the party pooper. <laughs> yeah, give it Where some time. Where did you get that from? That's uh, Dubon saying something about oh. being a party pooper. <laughs> um, they still use the kids using that phrase? No, no, but no. Well, Dubon's a kid, right? It's, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. How old is Dubon? Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. Are you just saying that he is? He is 28. He's 28. Okay. Great study by you. Yeah, I know my stuff. Wealthy, useless knowledge. Yeah, that's what they call me. So, yeah, I think this is uh, back to the Texans draft. Well, hold on. Let me ask you this okay. real quick before we get to the Texans. Will Levis fell to the second round. Mm-hmm. And like I asked you on Friday, are you surprised? Because what I saw over the I weekend. I told you he was going to Tennessee or Detroit. Yeah. That's who I felt. Right. And he ended up with Tennessee. Right. And. Because Ryan and I looked at it, and then when we asked you, I brought up, I was like, "If you, what are the Titans going to do, depending on what they want to do with uh, Ryan Tannehill, obviously the Lions and Jared Goff, and then I could see the Rams doing it, but the Titans beat him there. And I think, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the things that I read over the weekend was that people in the front offices, NFL executives, they didn't jump all over the hype. They watched the tape. And that's why he was a second-round pick, because in reality, he was a second-round pick. Well, you know, my biggest problem... With Will Levis. Now, second round pick, he may turn out to be a monster in the league. Yeah. And dress things up. My biggest problem, it doesn't get easier to go from college to the NFL. Now, some may make it look, Josh Allen's made it look easier, but he's got better players in the NFL. Played at Wyoming, is polished up, got well coached. Now, look at him. But it's usually not that easy, or at least the appearance that it's that easy, because he put a lot of work in to be good. Look at Jalen Hurts' progress. So, and he was a second round pick. So, Levis could be two years from now starting. Or start his rookie year, and all of a sudden, three years from now, we're talking about a new contract that puts him, you know, they give him an extension, and he's making $40 million a year. I get it. Yeah. But for me, it's simple. He was, if you're going to tell me Bryce Young's not durable, with not, with, with, the, there's no proof being that, then you got to question, okay, how healthy will Levis be? More importantly, he'll be fine. He's a big physical guy. I would assume he'll be fine. Is he throws the ball to the other team too often? It's he, hey, flashes of brilliance don't win championships. Consistent, consistent, uh, ordinary wins championships with mixed in the, the, the extraordinary. And please don't people say, well, look at Mahomes does it. Don't, don't compare him to Mahomes. Find somebody else. Nobody does it like him. So with Will Levis, the ability now, can he protect the football, throw it accurately, and throw it to the right guy on a consistent basis? What Tennessee's quarterback did. So that's the, that, that's what, I think when you watch tape, once again, NFL people are smart. They're, they, everybody likes a combine freak and looks good in shorts and can rip it around. But can you do it under duress when it's nut-cutting time and you're not having a good day and you need to elevate and process information? And when I heard Mel, who I love, Mel Kuyper, when he said, well, he's on a bad team, so he had to throw interceptions. No, you made a bad team worse. And Kentucky's become a really good football program. Hell, two years ago, guy was really good. So there's potential there, but great quarterbacks don't play inconsistent. You don't put great on inconsistent. And Will Levis has got a minute to go, but he's going to a situation with Derrick Henry, and if Tannehill 
plays average for two or three games, guess who the quarterback's going to be? Will Levis. With a chance to prove that he can improve on not only his accuracy, but his ability to throw it to the right team. That's why he's where he's at. We're going to find out what kind of chip he's got on his shoulder because that's a, that's a, you want to talk about a plummet. A week ago, 10 days ago, they were talking about him being the first pick of the draft. And here we are, second round later. Yeah. So Tennessee may have got a bargain basement price, too, for a guy who should have been first-round talent. Ryan, what was that percentage uh, of him not getting drafted in the first round? One, according to ESPN, 0.1% that he didn't get taken in the first round. And you know, he made some money on that bet. Percent. That's right. Man. That he would have gotten taken. So, yeah. Made some money on that one. So he's. I'm anxious to see, but think about this now. Two quarterbacks that more than likely are going to start at some point in their rookie year. Well, three, counting the one here. You're getting three draft picks that will be starting in the the AFC South at some point in 2023, more than likely at quarterback. The key is who's got the best roster around them to prevent you from finishing in the cellar in the division. And that's what we're going to look at after the draft. We'll take a look at the AFC South and how the Texans could fare. That's next on the Sean Salisbury Show. I want you to go get the relevant app. I'm going to focus on the relevant app in tonight. At starting at 7 o'clock, myself and Brian and Ryan on Allstros and Three Bros tonight, it kicks off. In-game, alternate broadcast throughout, we'll be talking Astros ad nauseum, top to bottom. It is all Astros, R-E-L-E-V-N-T. It's the best fan-friendly, fan-involved app on the planet. And we kick it off today with this new business, and it starts right here in Houston. And it's not where we want kind of fan involvement. This is spaces on steroids with people who it's all Astros. Focus on it. Your opinion matters. Your voice matters, as does your eyes and the visual of being part of this as we go through it. Kind of have some fun, have a lot of laughs, and involve you guys, not just us three talking. It's all of us getting involved. And this is here to stay. It is the relevant app, R-E-L-E-V-N-T, no A in there. Pop on and get that and join us tonight at 7 o'clock as we kick into the Astros game. And we'll be doing our uh, media cast from inside that with a lot of fun insight. And throughout the time, throughout the, this app and these shows, we'll be adding guests and buddies to chime in just like you see on TV. And it's going to be a blast. And it's centered around you and the Astros. Relevant, R-E-L-E-V-N-T. And starting in July, who's the best baseball media slash podcaster in the country? We're going to find out. And you've got a chance to win $10,000, but you've got to join this app. Tune in tonight and see how you like it. Relevant, R-E-L-E-V-N-T. The best uh, fan-friendly app on the planet. And we kick it in today. We want to win. Sean Salisbury continues on 790. Sean Salisbury Show on Sports Talk 790. Been talking about the Texans draft, looking at who they selected outside of CJ Stroud and Will Anderson, one of those being Tank Dell from the University of Houston, 5'10 wide receiver. He led the nation, led all of Division I football in total yardage, or excuse me, uh, receiving yards and Touchdowns, number one for both of those categories, went in the third round, pick number 69 right here from Houston. 
Houston Cougs. Doesn't have to go far to do his thing, does he? Which is nice. Oh. Nice for... Doesn't have to go very far. Nope. Get back out to the phone lines. That worked out good. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate that. 713-212-579. Let's go to Andy. Wants to talk about Tank Dad. What's up, Andy? Hey, guys. uh, I love this pick. Uh, I think we we think what a number one wide receiver, the definition is someone that scares the defensive coordinator on the other team, correct? Well, scares, yes, but I mean, changes game plans, but also with his performance does the same thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. This guy can be a number one in the NFL. I mean, he put two years back now. Everybody talks about what he did last year. Heck, the year before is almost the mirror of the of last year. He had 29 touchdowns in 27 games, 2,727 yards, 197 catches in two seasons. Oh, he's a freak. And, and, you know, yeah. Danny oh, used is. him right. Yep. Yeah. And, and people say, well, he can't play wide out. Go watch the film. You know, he plays wide out. Um, you look – I read a thing about him. Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean it can't – who they, says he can't play wide? You mean on the outside? You mean opposed to the slot? Is that what you mean? Yeah, no, on the outside, yeah. He can play outside. They play him on the outside all the time at U of H. I watched a ton of U of H games the yeah. last two years. I don't know why people are worried about outside have... or inside. If I can get catches inside or outside, both are just as equally important. I can tell you that. Exactly, especially with his shiftiness. Um, but you go watch – I, I read an article the other day about him at the Senior Bowl. They picked winners at every position. The guy wrote – this is what he, he wrote about him. He said – I watched him all week. He's the winner at wide receiver. Nobody could cover him. Nobody. It's a good thing going this in. This guy's going to yep. be a force. Oh, yeah. I think he can impact right I mean, away. I'm with oh, you, I do too. And, yep. you, and you, you got Schultz at tight end, Singletary coming out of the backfield on third downs. It's CJ's got some weapons. Sure does, and he's going to be well coached, and they'll have a, an offense that is yep. highly productive with the way they formation – and motion and create mismatches through formations. It's going to be a great opportunity for them to excel. It'll be something we haven't seen here in quite some time when it comes to versatility in the way they call their game. Andy, great stuff. He's right about Tank Dell. He's been back-to-back consistent, dominating football player. I like, listen, here's what went well. Can't play outside, and I'm not saying Andy said it, but what if he couldn't? And I got to, I mean, and I got to have a guy who catches a hundred balls inside. I'm okay with that. Yeah, it's like having a tight end you can lean on, but with the nifty movement. And but I've always tell receivers, and I've always believed this: to be, be have the ability to do both. And he seems like the guy who can add both to a repertoire. And as Andy said, success outside and his success inside. He'll be deployed enough by Bobby Slowick in different places to maximize his ability. If he hits. And Mechie hits the way we expect. You're talking about two first-round type talents that were both drafted outside the first round. And let's not forget that they also went out and got Devin Singletary. Gives you a hell of a depth back. at the back. There's no doubt, and, right. and understands versatile offense because he was in one last year. Yeah, playing for Buffalo. I mean, That's exactly this dude, right. It's not a slouch. Nope. You got Damian Pierce, De- Devin Singletary, Dalton Schultz. You got Nico Collins. Interested to see if he continues to elevate his game. John Mechie, apparently, uh, they're going to be cautiously optimistic with, but all signs are leading. He's going to be ready for the season. You just got Tank Dell. I mean, I don't think the the offense is going to be as bad as some people do. Well, I'm hoping Tank Dell has computer-like numbers. See what I did there? You ever heard of Dell computers? (laughs) 
I, I thought we were going to. I got. It. I was picking up what you were putting yeah, down. Yeah, Rhino's on a pregnant pause day. Hey, I guess. Yeah, well, I was letting Kawhi laugh for me on that one. Yeah, <laughs> best laugh ever. So best what was it? Ever. Tank Dell. D- Tank. Yeah. I mean, he rolls through defenses, <laughs> and his his ability to put up numbers is computer like. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, no delay know. on that one. Where's Jugsy? Yeah, dude. You know, Ryan. Tell him. The, Tell the, him, Brian. Laughed. What do you want? No, the laugh. You got to give us the. Bring back the laugh from a couple of weeks ago where you're like doing the sarcastic laugh and then you're like, oh, Sean, it's. Yes, it's blah, where you blah, can't blah, even blah, catch blah. your breath, right? right? Yeah. Jukebox, Brian. I'm a person. <laughs> oh, I can't just put a coin in he's here. No, what he's the, trying to say, he's no wind up pet I was animal. Say, you're okay? not a wind up for pet, a quarter. A pet, okay. You know, with the little. Yes. What are they called? The tambourines. No, not tambourines. You're talking about the. Called. What are those things called when you smack them together? Symbols? Are they symbols? Well, they're you could the symbols. But are, you could do tambourines, but not tambourines. Is what I'm talking. I about. know you're talking about. You're talking about taking two symbols off uh, a, a hi hat off a drum. Yeah, and, and using them as, together. Like the, yeah. Like, yeah. You're right. Symbols. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, Rhino's not your wind up pet toy. Dude. Yeah. Not a raggedy Ryan. Yeah. Could be. Could, could be. be. How, why don't you guys want to go to watch the Dallas oh, Stars play this Thursday? Oh, here we go. I'm Ryan, trying to get, I'm have gonna, you, okay, have either one Ryan, of you been I'm, to an NHL hockey game? Yes. I've been to one in my life. Who played? It was the Dallas Stars versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. We were in Pittsburgh. We call them the Pens, yeah, right? Pens. Yeah, yes. there you go. Ryan, yeah. which one did you go to? It was a Stars game. So you guys won each, right? Yes. Yep. You've I've been, been to playoff been to hockey. Games back no, in the I've, day. I've, I've been to a couple Arrows games, but that's IHL. You haven't been to playoff hockey, right? I have not. No. And we both said we were down. Brian's looking up seats, but yet you're accusing us of not being down. Because Sean's not that's down. A, that's a deep Sean's not down. That's, that's a heavy accusation. That was a good peeps. one. Uh, to your peeps. Here's what I think about. Kamala told me to be ready for yesterday from yesterday to tomorrow. Here's how I feel about your guys' dedication and commitment to going to Dallas Thursday, which we can get tickets I'll, right there to watch the playoff matchup, and it's who Seattle and Dallas, right? Yeah, it's the Kraken versus so, the Stars. So here's how I here's Kamala will explain exactly how you guys are. Not today. No, she's going to explain today. So tell oh, me she what she said. Explain today. Yeah, what, I yeah. want her to explain today about yesterday. So we look forward to tomorrow. Of course, of course. Here's how today I feel about today. you guys. And yesterday was today. Yesterday. <laughs> tomorrow will be today. Tomorrow. <laughs> So live today. So the future today will be as the past today as it is tomorrow. She's brilliant to be able every time. Right. She's she's brilliant to be able to come up with that because how does she keep track of that? Dude, there's there's, no way that can be true. There's no way computer generated, right? First well, of all, she sounds video, like she's had four scotches. Either that or she knocked down a couple of cocktails before she walked out Oh, yeah, out she there. probably had a couple of Memsies. Memsies are good. But that's how I feel about your guys' commitment to playoff hockey. Uh-huh. I mean, it's got to be AI-generated. That's, like, com- that, that's a commitment. Well, regardless of what it is, it's still a funny. Concerning is still the funny. The video matches, the ma- like her mouth moving on the video matches what she's saying. So that's what... Either somebody's it. a brilliant editor or she's... That's her. Or she's drunk on Regardless stage. Regardless, she might be drunk on love. You don't know. Who's Punch that? drunk love. That's how I feel about your guys' commitment to playoff hockey. That's it. You guys are all... It's Where's Waldo with you two? No, God! <laughs> no, God, please, no! I no. will buy us tickets, no. and I will force us to go. So get your mind right. What if I can get them... If it's free, it's me. Give me three. Okay, then I'm not waiting around it. for that, though. 
You guys are ready. No, I'm ready to go. Look at look at dude. You you can't wait. I got to do the the, show uh, from there. Like a studio there. They got we have iHeart affiliates in Dallas. We'll borrow one of them. I've used their studio before. Yeah. Also, the sooner we get on it, the sooner I can get somebody to come in here and press the buttons. All right. I'll we'll tip somebody to come in and play for you. Right. There you go. There you go. Maybe we just keep Ryan here and you and I go. Yes. Let's do that. Great idea. (laughs) Good idea. Man. Playoff. I want you guys to experience playoff hockey with It'd me. Be phenomenal. It I'm buying a amazing. hockey sweater. Yeah, let's let's get. What do we get? Like the New York Rangers? Or are you gonna I'm get the stars? New York. I'm gonna get yeah, the stars. Gonna, is that the Las Vegas Golden Knights? Dude? No, no, no. I'm saying I'm gonna get a hockey sweater for, for going the to game, game you go Correct. to. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, and Kraken because cool. maybe Crack get Seattle. Cool. They won't even have them there because it's gonna be all yeah, Dallas, Dallas all the time, right. right? I feel you. But yeah, no New York Rangers. Jimmy Crack Corn. No me either. Jimmy Crack Corn. I'd like, a, I'd like an old care. school Blackhawks jersey, and I'd yeah. like a Buffalo Sabres jersey. Mm. Neither okay. of which are in the playoffs. So there we go. There okay. But, I, but playoff hockey, you guys will, you guys will want to get season tickets and go every time to Dallas. I That's the problem. See, if Houston got a team, I'd get season tickets right away. Oh, I'm standing yeah. in line for like eight hours, too. Absolutely. No I doubt. I would. Well, yep. we're going to continue to talk about the Texans. What's Where it? do they fin- Can we look at the schedule's out in May, right? We yeah, don't have it out yet. Actually, in a, like a week or so. Okay, so. May 11th, I think they're shooting do for. Do you really believe that they're the worst team in this division? No, they're not. And that's what I was going to tease. I was going to like, we're going to look Sympatico. at this AFC South. And can you see the Texans being one of the top two teams in the AFC South? We'll talk about it next. Sports Talk 790. We'll also talk about your vision. When I take my boys to the hockey game, both who need LASIK procedure, by the way. Both who can't see their own hand in front of their face. So how are they going to follow a puck? I have no idea. But I do got a great idea. It's called WitsitVision.com. If you're anything like my partners here who think the puck looks like a football. But that's neither here nor there because Dr. Jeff Witsit can fix that with this great LASIK procedure. One of the foremost doctors. You can use your free consultation, get all your answers. He's done thousands upon thousands upon thousands of these procedures with a lot of happiness and a lot of lives changed because they're seeing clear. I know I was like a film lifted from my eyes. And you can actually visualize what you wanted to, and you're actually seeing what you're supposed to see, whether it comes to safety, seeing your golf ball down, not squinting at the TV. If you're tired of glasses and contacts and you want to change, make that change and actually want to see the guy in the mirror, the man in the mirror, call Wits at Vision. 713-365-9799. 713-365-9799. Or visit him for your free consultation. Let him know. Go to witsitvision.com. The very best in the business. It was great seeing Doc last week. Pop on in there and a uh, little like life-changing for your vision at witsitvision.com. Let the celebration start. More Sean Salisbury on Sports Talk 790. <laughs> Open up a series tonight against the Giants at Minute Maid Park, 710 first pitch. The on-deck show starts at 6 o'clock right here in your home for Astros Baseball Sports Talk 790. We're going to get out to the phone lines, 713-212-5790, talking to you, the Texan fan, about how you're feeling after the weekend and after the draft for the football team over on Kirby Drive. Let's start with Larry and Stafford. Larry, you've had a weekend to digest the draft. How we feeling, my man? And I'll holla. <laughs> Welcome back, Sean B. Lima. Look here, man. Uh, it, it was a, it was an exhausting weekend for your boy and Stafford because 
the amount of joy I felt from Thursday through Saturday required me to party every single night after that. Look, any of these stupid-ass people that are talking about that the Texans gave up too much in this draft for uh, those two picks, you, you, they, they live in an alternate universe. Because the thing is, is that the Texans did what they probably should have been doing all along, and that's being aggressive and going after dudes that play football like football is meant to be played. When they took C.J. Stroud, which everybody in the known world knew that they needed a quarterback because they could not trot out Davis Mills out there in September to make us want to come back over there on Kirby and watch football. And then they go back and get the best defensive player in the draft. And, of course, they both are going to have some flaws, and that's a part of the game. You got to figure that out. But to come out of that draft, where both sides of the ball are being are being met on offense and defense, and you get to plug those dudes in and play right away, it was a win-win for me, and it was a win-win for most Texas fans that understand that we have been in the doldrums for the last three years, and we finally have an opportunity to have a ray of sunshine so that when they open that damn stadium up in September and maybe have the roof open every now and then, we can go in there and just set that thing off. Look, I am as happy as I've been in a long time as a diehard Texas fan, and that just makes all the suffering disappear now because I know I got a quarterback that I can go to battle with, and I got a defensive end or linebacker that can chase some of them damn quarterbacks in the AFC. Sean, B. Lima, be- you know it's going to be Yeah, a before, you holla, before you holla, before you holla, you know what else won over the weekend with your celebration? I'm- some yes, hand, some hand. You know it, you know it, man. We, son, we poured that thing on ice, man, and sipped on it and smoked the stick. And me and my boys just loved life, man. It was a great weekend, and there's no way anybody can ruin that. I would have given up all my picks next year if I came out of the draft with those two dudes. And then I go back in there and get tank. Then I go back in there and get two two. Then I go back in there and get uh, what, what's Xavier Hutchinson. Yep. Them boys had one of the best drafts I've seen in the 20 years I've been a Texas fan. And I'll My man, I'm glad. he's Larry's been long-suffering the last couple of years with the Watson situation and trying to find that quarterback. And I'm sure he speaks for a lot of fans that feel really, really excited. I knew he was throwing that hint on ice over the weekend, brother, and getting a good cigar in. No, he yeah, it's a stick, it's a cigar, it's a it's a gar. Yeah, I know. Why are you looking at me like that? Because you like to say it's a pole. No, that's you were the one that coined that term. What Larry's never done. <laughs> Smoked a pole. Right. It's cigar, stick. I'm with him. And I knew that hen got some run this weekend, so he's excited. I'm really happy for Larry and for our fans here. I really am. Yeah. Listen, you got optimism. More optimism than when you went into the off season after Watson's first year of starting, or even when you drafted him. Because you know what? It's not just one cat. Right. And there's a change in the guard up front, and you got a coach that you trust deeply for the first time in a while. They're heading the right direction. They are not finishing last in this division. No, they're not. Let's see how uh, Matt in the Woodlands feels. What's up, Matt? Hello, guys, and uh, enjoy your show. Thank you for allowing me to be on the air. The football, I never played football, but I have learned a lot over the last many years listening, et cetera. And I don't know, and, and I guess, Sean, this would be more geared to you, but 
what's the upside of of CJ Stroud over Bryce Young if there is one, and what would be the downside over uh, Bryce Young or on the um, on the downside? I don't know. And secondly, uh, hockey. I'm the hockey guy. You know that we've got some uh, mutual yep. friends, and we're both uh, you know sad about. Uh, Mike Shannon. Yeah, uh, I'm devastated. Yeah, I'm devastated, Matt, because his son, Tim, and that family is family yeah. to me. Tim's been one of my best friends since, well, for 30-plus years, and spoke to him over the weekend, and they are so close in all the Shannon family, as you know, oh. being from that St. Louis area. I love him, and I know the baseball world's going to suffer, and people that love him, and I'm looking for, I mean, I, you never look forward to it, but, you know, seeing the family at the memorial and stuff. But I, I know that I send my well wishes not only to St. Louis baseball, but to the Shannon family and all right. those friends close and to one of my best friends. So I'm with you, brother. It's a tough, tough day yeah, for Tim, St. Louis Tim's Cardinals baseball. Guy, Tim's a phenomenal human yeah, being. Yep. Yep. Yeah, he, he had a great little narrative in the, on the, I don't like Yahoo News, but he had a great comment this morning on Yahoo News if you want to see that. But uh, uh, back to hockey. Houston will have a franchise. Batman, it's actually one of the top three priorities in his uh, tenure right now as a commissioner of the NHL. I mean, Houston's the fourth largest market. They have a huge amount of hockey fans here and also expats from New England, Michigan, Wisconsin, a lot of Canadians. And, you know, they've got a property picked out that they would like to consider uh building the new rink because apparently and you can comment more on this than I can but the owner of the Rockets may be a great guy I don't know but he doesn't want to share the Toyota Center with a hockey club and uh, I've also heard that same thing Matt I guess is the property that you're hearing somewhere over by uh, NRG no Uh, I'll say it it's it's, uh, a lot of vacant property that's around uh, Beltway 8 and 45 North so you know, okay. and that's what that's they're the me. developer. They're the, you know, they're the developer. Well, yeah, they, they, see, they did, they want to be close to both be able to get Katy and West Texans, West Houston's rather, and uh, Woodlands area. And I know there's a lot of fans down south in the NASA area, but they want to get two out of three that can get there pretty easily with about what, eight or ninety nine or whatever. Well, I'll and be in, I'll be in line for season tickets, brother. I'm guaranteeing you that. Yeah. Well, and then lastly, the way they do the expansion draft, if it is an expansion team that comes here, my God, look at the Kraken and look at the Knights. I mean, both those franchises are one's only about five years old, I think, and the other one's two. I mean, and they they, dra- they create a, a platform that you can be competitive from the very first day. Yep. Uh, and I'd rather have them get a fr- uh, uh, expansion team than have somebody from one of two markets that could come here. So Arizona anyway, being one of them, yeah. Well, yeah, they're having a complete nightmare with yep. where they're playing right they're now. They're playing in Sun Devil. They're playing in a college arena. It's pathetic. It's friggin' pathetic. Fifty-two hundred seats. Yep. Fifty-two hundred seats. Yep. And there's no way they can make a have a positive P and L. And they actually have a stupid payroll. I mean, their their payroll is is exceeds most NHL teams. They're like the ninth largest payroll out of thirty teams. I think there are thirty-two teams and. It just doesn't make any sense. They're not good. But uh, hockey would do so well here. And you you know Twist. I'm not going to say it's for, you know, you know Twist. Twist, well, right? yeah, I love, love him. There's a Stasny. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and Stasny and a few other guys. They all are, are wanting to push Batman to, because what, Houston's the fourth largest market now, right? Yep. Third or fourth? Yep. 
yeah, they got to have a club. Yep. Anyway, thank you very much Thanks, for Matt. allowing me on the air, and good luck. Always appreciate you calling appreciate in. Call, good Matt. time. The Stanley Cup playoffs are off the charts, right. and we got a lot of them going on right now. Yep, and we will uh, finish up the show next on Sports Talk 790. Hey, classic Chevy Sugarland, $8,000 off Silverados. Got this Chevy Silverado, went in there last week, pick up my new vehicle. Awesome. Feel good about it. Uh, 0% APR with approved credit. No payments for 120 days. Again, 8000 off. Those beautiful Silverado pickups, the best truck on the road. And started with about 400 Silverados available. Now, uh, they, they move product there. They move inventory, but they also have more inventory than anyone in Houston. Lifetime engine guarantee while supplies last. You got your Equinoxes, your Traverses, your Corvettes. It's there. There's a reason why this, this organization and this family-owned business by Jeff and Tiffany Sebastian Win. They win because they give you great deals, which I mentioned. They win because their customer service is off the charts. They win because their service department is top notch. And they win because they treat you, new customer, uh, existing customer, and repeat customer, exactly like you'd be treated if you were part of their family. Walk into other dealerships and walk into to Classic Chevy Sugarland, Classic Chevy Highway 6, and you tell me how you feel on your way out. Yeah. Customer service, 12 times in a row. 12 straight years of GM Dealer of the Year. Tell Jeff and Tiffany I sent you. Classic Chevy Sugarland, Classic Chevy Highway 6. Hey, this is Charles Barkley. You guys thought I put on some weight since my playing days? You should see Sean Salisbury. Horrible. Now back to the Sean Salisbury show. <laughs> what a knucklehead. You are the The Sean Salisbury Show here on Sports Talk 790. For today. Correct, for today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we're back tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. But yep. if you want, you can join us tonight at 7. Yes. Tell them, Brino. On the relevant app, Astros Fanatics chat room. We'll nice. be live streaming the game. No, no, we're not live streaming the game. No. Whatever. We're we are going to talk. There will be no play-by-play. Play. The, the game will be on, and we are going to talk through it and do in-game, get after it, all Stros with three bros. That's it. Mm. And all the other folks. We want, listen, you can't join in unless you're on the relevant app. So go free. Ahead, go download it. R-E-L-E-V-N-T. Us three will be on there watching the game. Garcia's start. We'll be talking mechanics. Not just a you know, mess around session. It's not a flop Richard Friday <laughs> on a Monday. We are actually going to talk. Astros have laughs. Want your guys' opinion. You go into spaces and talk. This is spaces on steroids and much better. We can see your face. We can get you in. We can have you in, in, involved in all the chat and the conversation. Plus, if you don't want to get in, you're on the chat. You can come in and talk, ask questions. This is the best app for fan engagement. That's why it's called Pro Sports Fanatics. So get on that relevant app, R-E-L-E-V-N-T, and join us tonight. We'll have our, we'll pre it for about 10 or 12, 15 minutes going into the game, and we'll be walking right through the game with you. Have some fun with us, man. And uh, empty the bucket on frustration or good stuff that you got going on. That's why we're there. Good analysis, good fun, and a new app that is going to blow you away. Look forward to having you. Calling it now. We're going to be on all strows with three bros on the relevant app tonight. And Jose Abreu is going to hit his first bomb of the season. 
And then we'll have to go on every day. Right, exactly. Because people say, well, you, it's like when right. we used to do this. Remember, what was our, what was our goal to, on the way to the World Series? Jose, Jose Abreu has gone 188 plate appearances without a home run. He's hit just one homer in his last 82 games. <laughs> what did we say, though? What was our sense theme song before we'd hang up the show at the end? We did... Uh, na, na, na. Was that it? Yeah, we oh, ready. Uh, yeah. We read right. Yeah, that was it. So you right. want Abreu? So tell me about tell me that stat again. <clears throat> Jose Abreu has gone 188 plate appearances without a home run. He's hit just one homer in his last 82 games. His OPS is currently 555. It's the eighth lowest in MLB among qualifiers. I would imagine that price per home run is pretty expensive this year. Because he ain't hit, did he? And making a lot of coin. So he's, uh, it's got to, it's, something's got to change. You got to run into one, right? Yeah, Come you would on. think so. Come on, Joe. Yeah, you would think so. Yeah, that's, a, yeah, that's what I want to hear. Yeah, See you later, call. man. Right. You can kiss it goodbye. Yes, we need that. <laughs> Good one. We need, we need that. You, yeah, there you there go. Yeah, he loves it. There you go. What's the Bacardi? What does he say? What? Where the party B- at? Where the Bacardi yeah. at? Oh, Steve was hilarious today, too. Yeah, so if you miss that, it'll be a butter blog. Yeah, let's get rolling. Where's the party at? Where's the Bacardi at? You can also get Mike Martz on the blog, too. You can't yeah. talk quarterbacks Sports, and Sports how. 790.com. He thinks Stroud's going to be a player. So it'll be, yeah. it'll be awesome, yeah. Yeah, how can you not be excited about what the Houston Texans did in the draft? Yeah, honestly, you, you got to be pumped. You, have I mean, to you, be can't, right. you can't talk me off it until they prove they can't play. I'm, you got two of the three best players in this draft. Some would argue this. There was a talk that Stroud was going to be the first pick of the draft. We knew Will Anderson was the best defensive player in the draft. And if at any point in time you can get two of the three best players or four best players in a draft, in the same draft, by the same team, then I would imagine that's a win. And that's a win in a monumental way. And if things go right, you got 10 years of player minimum at both positions if they go the way. When you're drafted two and three, that's what we expect from you. And then some. And I would imagine the Texans are elated to have him. And I know I am, and I sure a fan base is too. And back to Abreu. Hits the ball's going to have to leave the park soon because they need run production in the middle of that order. And I consider the six hole somewhere in the middle of the order, especially when you're him who can hit everywhere from three to six. He needs to pick it up. And if he's not going to homer, the batting average and the ball coming off his bat needs to, needs to be a little bit more explosion. Yeah, he needs, no doubt. He needs more exit that's velocity. Just, that's just the cold, hard facts, man. Right. It is. A six-pack of questions. Relevant tonight. Yeah, been a, that's right. It's, it's the spindle tap hard facts. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Cold and beautiful hard taste. Fat. Tune in tonight, man. Yeah, relevant. We're going to have a blast. Yeah, all Stros, three bros. Seven Sean o'clock. Salisbury, myself, Ryan Money. You can catch us on the relevant app. Go ahead and download it. We'll be uh, talking baseball, talking Astros during that game tonight. Luis Garcia on the mound. And we want you there as fans. Yep. And you can also listen to the Astros game tonight right here on your home for Astros baseball. Sports Talk 790. The on-deck show starts at 6 o'clock. That's going to do it for the show. He is Sean Salisbury. Our producer is Ryan Money. I am Brian Lima. Thank you for listening. We're back tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Don't go anywhere. Next up with Stan Norfleet and Chris Gordy. coming up next on Sports Talk 790.